Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. How's everybody doing? Clip. Hey, man, good to see you, brother. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Ahí estaba, en el centro. Hoyo de gloria. Have you scanned your MVP card? Breakfast was three eggs, scrambled light with grits and extra crispy bacon. Cliff, what's up? It's Brian. I know, Cliff, but people are looking for you to sprinkle your magic fairy dust on this whole thing and make it all better. Let's get to that conversation now. Here is uh, that. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a Victory Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live. I'm Chandler Honeycutt here with you alongside Shirley Rhodes and intern Alex Harper. Uh, got a lot to talk about today because, uh, like I said, it's a Victory Thursday. By the way, you can listen to us on 92.7 FM right here in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington, or you can find us online, PR927FM.com. Like I said, a lot to talk about today. Pirates get a road win at Temple. Um, we'll also talk some uh, pirate basketball with Mark Adams. Uh, Clip Brock talked to him earlier today. We'll also talk to Holton Nailers. By the way, today was a big day for Pirate Radio and for Holton Nailers as he launched the Holton Nailers show earlier today. I was able to listen to some of that. About an hour and 37 minutes was that show, and it was all great content with Holton Nailers and the walk ons. Uh, you can go back on YouTube and podcast plat- platforms and listen to that if you missed it. Uh, and we'll also continue our baseball talk with Austin Knight in the 5 o'clock hour. And also, I missed out on Jeff Nadeau. We'll also talk to Jeff Nadeau, talking about gambling with the wild card weekend coming up this weekend. So, uh, don't want to miss that with Jeff Nadeau. Once again, welcome in to Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. Uh, first of all, I want to introduce Shirley Rhodes. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday. Happy Friday Eve. Happy Friday Eve to you. Alex Harper is with us as well. The intern, Alex Harper, the long snapper, Alex Harper. Coming off a big win last night at A.J. McMurphy's. It was his first time at Trivia. Oh, buddy. And, man, how does it feel for, one, to go out to Trivia and enjoy and be a part of that? Two, how is it to actually win on your first try? It's an amazing experience. AJ McMurphy's great host, trivia night, awesome time, good friends, good beverages, good food. I did, and you brought your girlfriend with you too. I so, did, and she was a big part of that. I did. That table, big part of that win last night. And uh, I do. Before we, I want to get this out of the way before we get into the EC basketball talk. Um, probably the answer of the night. Probably the answer that got us to win. Um, name these two Eagles running backs. I know the guy on the left is Darren Sproles. And the guy on the right, I was like, who is this guy? And you, growing up a West Virginia fan, knew that it oh, was God. knew that it was Wendell Smallwood. Yeah, and Wendell Smallwood, baby. So I went up there with the answer. It was correct. And I do believe that that is what propelled us to the win last night. So congratulations on your first ever win at A.J. McMurphy's. I appreciate it. It was definitely a team effort. Um, I'm just kind of kind of scared now you just outed me as growing up a west virginia fan oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with that i mean look but you also i also know you personally i know you grew up an ecu fan you're now a pirate playing on the football team yeah. so it's all good oh i bleed purple and gold man don't get that mistaken all right well let's go ahead and get into the ecu basketball talk because we have to i'm going to say something crank up the band just uh, go ahead uh, g- give me a second go ahead and just crank it up i want to hear it right now 
because I'm about to say something that I have never said in my life. The Pirates beat Temple at Temple. It's the first time I've ever said that. It's the first time it's ever happened. It's the first time it's ever happened. That is exactly right, Shirley Rose. That is why the is the first time I'm able to say that. The Pirates go on the road and beat the Owls 73 to 62. What a win for the Pirates. They moved to two and one on the season. And that makes this game Saturday against SMU that much bigger. Can the Pirates move to three and one? On the year in conference play, 10 and 7 overall. They now sit 9 and 7 after the win last night over the Owls. What a big time win. And not just to go on the road and win, but to do it in dominant fashion. That's exactly what the Pirates did. RJ Felton led the way for the Pirates last night with 20 points. He was two from th- two for three from the three-point line. Or from from the three-point line, I should say. Um just a huge win for the basketball team last night. I know we sat here yesterday, me and Clip, not feeling good about this game. Not just because East Carolina historically is not good on the road, but they never went to Temple and got a win. They've, that's never happened before since 2015. You can no longer say that. Pirates get it done last night behind R.J. Felton's 20 points. Ezra Asar was just behind him. Uh, he had 18 points. Get this. Ezra Asar has not been good from the charity stripe this year. I'm going to just be honest. And it, I, I can be honest because it's out there in the open for everyone to see. He's not been great. But last night, you can't say that. Because from the line last night, Ezra was 6 for 6 going to the line. 6 for 6 from Ezra Asar. And he gets 18 points. Now, to get this. You want to take a guess? You might know this, Shirley. How many bench points did the Pirates have last night? I have no idea. Four points. Four points off the bench. Just off the bench. The starters got it done last night. Mm. Just off the bench, there was four points scored from Caleb LeCount and Jaden Walker, each having two points of their own. And I want to say Caleb LeCount's points came from the line. So the starters got it done. I'll go through the, uh, the stats right now. Well, you know, while you're doing that, while you're pulling up the stats, uh, we talked about this yesterday when we talked about how Ezra doesn't, uh, he actually has more points off the free throw line than he does from the floor. Yep. And, uh, but that's where you need him in a game like this where you need free throws, um, you know, to put points on the board. And, you know, I mean, RJ is getting it done uh, on the floor. So you kind of can, you know, kind of, I don't want to say take your foot off the gas as far as Ezra is concerned, but uh, having a guy like that that can go to the line and get you the free throws that you need, I mean, that is, you look at how many games that you've ever watched in college basketball or won and lost at the free throw line. Oh, absolutely. To have a guy as consistent as Ezra is, you know, I'll take that any day of the week. You look at the three big losses that we've had this year when it comes to teams that we should have beat that we lost to let's go to usc upstate let's go to northeastern you might can go back i don't remember the free throw uh percentage uh, against eastern uh east tennessee state but you look at the usc upstate game and you look at the northeastern game 
Pirates, I want to say, had double-digit misses at the line. A huge part in whether you can win or lose a basketball game. And last night, uh, the Pirates were awesome at the line. They only missed one shot at the line. They went 10 for 11 at the free throw line. So uh, 20 points from R.J. Felton, uh, 15 points from Brandon Johnson. Like I said earlier, Ezra with 18 points as well. Uh, Cam Hayes, nine points. And I said this to Clip earlier. By the way, Clip Brock out. He will be back in the 4 o'clock hour. So don't worry about that. Uh, Talking to uh, Clip earlier, does everyone remember Clip being on the Brandon Sug, the Sug boat, as we called it? Yeah. I remember being like, Man, what's so special about Brandon Suggs? And this is where Clip goes and says, you don't know about basketball. You have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to basketball. Because I also was not a fan of Andre Washington. He was like, and I said, because offensively he was just, you know, pathetic. He said, well, that's not what he's here for. Same way with Brandon Suggs. Brandon Suggs was a stat stuffer. You look at all the different categories in in the stat sheet. And there's going to be some numbers there. And that's kind of like what Cam Hayes is doing right now. Nine points, one steal, two assists, and four rebounds. I mean, that's doing a lot in different categories. And, I mean, he's helping out. It looks like he's getting comfortable on the floor because those first few games, there wasn't much being shown from Cam Hayes. I remember the Florida Atlantic game. I want to say he had four or five turnovers. In the past couple of games, he's only had one turnover, and that includes last night. So Cam Hayes seems to be getting comfortable. Uh, Bobby Pettiford, seven points for him last night, the transfer from Kansas. So uh, Pirates are 2-1, and one, and to get a win on the road just feels really good. Well, I mean, they've come few and far between for East Carolina. I mean, we've always struggled on the road. Uh, you know, I would say probably a little more so than other teams. I mean, a lot of teams it's difficult to re- you know to win a game on the road, but it seems like anybody else. But you also talked about those players; they don't necessarily have to put points on the board, like you said. You know, they all have different roles to play, and sometimes the stats don't always show it. I mean, when you've got somebody that can play really good defense, that can stifle a point guard, and that point guard can't set up a play, can't get the 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 pass off to the wing for the open three-point shot. I mean, those are the little intangibles that you're seeing that Mike Schwartz is a huge fan of. I mean, he wants that stifling, intensive, uh, excuse me, intense uh, defensive play from our players. So sometimes it's not always the points. It's what you do on the floor to alter uh, a play or to alter a shot or whatever the case may be. Those are the intangibles that sometimes will help you win ball games. And in that case last night, that's exactly what happened. Let's say hey to the chat game right quick. Steve's in the chat saying HTMFs, HT to you, my friend. Jamie's also in the chat as he is just about every single day. Chad Pike. Pike is in the chat as well. Tyler, Ryan, Kaz, and uh, uh, that's about it in the chat game today. I saw a comment from Tyler, and I will read this because I remember saying this, and I did say that uh, the men would win, and unfortunately, the women would lose, and that's exactly what happened last night. Kim McNeil and her ball club finally get a loss in the conference. Losing to UAB and Menjis last night. Yeah, they what came happened? out well. They came out the gate uh, really strong. They had a great first half. They go into the locker room, come out in the in the third quarter. Holy cow! I don't know what UAB had while they were in the locker room, but when they came out in the third quarter, they were dropping threes like it was nothing. And all of a sudden, they uh, they scored twenty nine points in the third quarter. 
fifth, uh, excuse me, 13 three-pointers uh, for UAB. And when you're struggling from the floor, uh, you can't get, uh, we had some, once again, we had point-blank shots that weren't going in. Uh, Karina Gordon was uh, struggling from the floor. She missed a few free throws that could have uh, uh, dwindled the game into, uh, we did get it into the single digits in the fourth quarter, but we could not just close that gap. And unfortunately, we ran out of time. That third quarter was an absolute nightmare for the Pirates because every time there was a uh, a three-pointer and her name was Maddie something and I cannot remember her last name for UAB but Denim DeShields their point guard for the Blazers uh, played an amazing game she was dishing it to everybody that was open and uh, it, it just proved advantageous so now the Pirates are now two and one in conference play still not a bad place to be but you you want to get as many conference wins as you can and now they're going to have to go back out on the road on Saturday they're going to be taking on Tulane in New Orleans and that tip off is at three o'clock it's going to be streamed on espn plus and you can really you uh just how important players like sania johnson and micah dennis were uh to that lineup because not having both of them uh in the lineup for uh kim mcneil's ball club and then uh, karina gordon who's just a freshman having to step in and play some very important minutes uh, while it's advantageous for you, you also have to go through some of those growing pains where you're transitioning from being a high school player to a freshman college basketball player. It's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a transition time, a little bit of growing pains uh, at that point guard position. But um, and Amaya Joyner, uh, she did what she normally does, which is uh, she has clocked her six. Uh, double-double of the season. She finished with 16 points, 15 rebounds, also threw in a block shot in there. Uh, She now has 75 block shots in her career here at uh, East Carolina. And just keep in in mind, she's only a sophomore. So she has got plenty of time uh, to break all sorts of records. She's moved up, I think it's sixth in program history uh, as far as uh, block shots go. And, uh, so, uh, you know, we're getting some of that production that we're expecting from Amaya, the Weish twins, uh, Tatiana and Talia. Uh, they're both starting to uh, really come along. So if we can get that point guard position uh, kind of shored up a little bit, get some more playing time and, and watching Karina mature as that point guard position uh, as the season goes along, I think it's going to run. Although there's no denying that uh, we certainly miss uh, Sania and Micah on the floor. No doubt about that. Now ECU and uh, ECU's men's and women's matching uh, their conference records at two and one, getting a chance to move to three and one uh, over the weekend. Uh, let's continue our ECU basketball talk. Let's continue to talk about that win against Temple as Clip was able to talk to ECU assistant men's basketball coach Mark Adams earlier today, and here is uh, that. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Joining us, ECU assistant basketball coach Mark Adams coming off a Pirate Road victory last night over the Temple Owls, 73-62. to Coach Adams, we appreciate your time. How you doing today? Well, good. I, yeah, these are fun uh, when we get to talk to you after a big win. So, uh, glad to be on the show, Cliff. A- absolutely. And, uh, Coach, I, you know, I've been around here a long time. You are in year number one. Uh, road wins are tough to come by for the Pirates and really across college basketball. I talked about that with Cy Seymour yesterday. But that's the first ever win at Temple since ECU and Temple uh, were partners in the American Conference. It's two wins a row for, in a row for the Pirates, trying to get to three wins in a row in the AAC for the first 
time ever. So I know it's a, a small accomplishment maybe in, in the, the world of college basketball you've coached in, but pretty big deal around here, Coach. And uh, I hope you guys are able to enjoy it. I know you got to move on quickly, but hopefully you and the staff and the players can enjoy these things. Well, we did last night, and, and uh, you know, so proud of our guys. I know Coach Schwartz was as well. As our, you know, to win on the road, I don't care what, uh, you know, conference you're in, Cliff, there's, just, there's a discipline, and, you know, just a determination. You just have to have such a strong will to go into someone else's house and, and steal a victory from them, and our guys did that. And, and I thought for the most part, we, we uh, hustled them, we were more determined, we were more disciplined, and, and played the, the game the right way, and it showed on the scoreboard. So, you know, huge, huge win for us, and it's something to build on. We've won two in a row, and and we really like the way we're playing right now. Mark Adams joining us, East Carolina and SMU coming up Saturday. Big one in Menjis, hoping for a good crowd. And, Coach, you've experienced uh, a loud Menjis a few times this year. I know we talked to you before the season about what that would be like. Uh, what's your experience like so far uh, when home games uh, get a little loud there? Yeah, I, I mean, it's uh, it just makes such a big difference, Cliff. When you look at our guys, you, you know, the momentum, it, you know, when it's uh, when it's in your favor, it's even, uh, gets uh, even more loud, and I think it uh, even, you know, I think it's, uh, uh, it hurts uh, your opponent, but what it really helps is when your opponent gets on a run and, and uh, besides just getting over there and giving a pep talk during one of those timeouts, you get that crowd involved, and it just, Helps us so much. Just gives them more energy to play off of, and and uh, you, you look around the country and the teams that are uh, winning their home games and, and winning consistently. You look, it's because they have a, a good crowd. So we're certainly going to need one on Saturday. And man, the home court advantage just showed up across the country uh, this week with all the top ten, top five teams losing here in the last couple of nights. Talking to Mark Adams, he joins us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Uh, the big three, uh, quote unquote, with R.J. Felton, Ezra, and uh, B.J. all in double figures last night. R.J. the Warrior playing 39 minutes had 20 points. Brandon with 15, and Ezra with 18. And, and coach, one thing with Ezra, six of eight from the field. You'll take that, obviously. Six of six from the free throw line and if there's been one bugaboo in Ezra's game the past couple of seasons it's been the free throw shooting last couple of games uh, he has been much better at it and I know it's something he's got to work on all the time but uh, he has improved that part of his game coach about six for six last night at the line on the road for Ezra yeah that, that was great he, he's he's been doing a lot of work on uh, in the gym and and uh, I, 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 Helping with his free throws, and I'm, I'm just kidding. I wish I could take credit. For that. <laughs> uh, that's just that's just me. I'm getting in there, and and uh, you know a lot of repetition, repetition. But he he does get fouled a lot, and so it's important he gets to the free throw line. And yeah, Ezra had a good game. You talk about those top three, but RJ and Brandon were exceptional on both ends. Uh, you know, we're still pushing Ezra to be a little better on the defensive side of the ball because he's he's so athletic and he can you know guard everybody and. And so we're still challenging there, but for RJ to play 39 minutes, and Brandon's always playing, uh, you know, between 35 uh, and 40 minutes. Those guys were just phenomenal, made huge plays uh, on the defensive end as well, and then, uh, then making big shot after big shot. So excited that you know when those guys put good games together, um, you know we're tough. When we have two or three guys uh, that can 
fill up the stat sheet and they're getting the most minutes and you shoot the way those two are, it, you know, it, it keeps us never ball game. Talking to Mark Adams, uh, coach last night, uh, Temple shooting 36%, 25 from three, uh, and only seven turnovers, pretty low turnover game, uh, for the opponent, especially coming off 19 for Tulsa, uh, last weekend, but are you pleased? Uh, 62 points for the Owls. Uh, will you take that? Were you pleased with the defensive effort last night? Yeah, you know, we were. I thought it was one of our best defensive efforts of the year. And the uh, only thing, and you look at the stat sheet, we didn't, we only turned them over, I think it was seven or eight times. And, uh, and, and they're, uh, you know, Temple's good as far as taking care of the ball, but we, we want those turnovers to be able to 14, 15, 16 a game. So, uh, this game against SNU will have to do a better job of uh, trying to be a little bit more aggressive and getting the passing lanes and, and deflect some of those passes because they are SMU is great on the offensive glass, so they're going to get more possessions than we will unless we can turn them over. So the defensive side of things, uh, hopefully we can do that. And SMU is really, really good about scoring off their defense, so we've got to match their intensity. Yeah, a couple of keys there for Saturday, East Carolina and SMU in Menji's Coliseum. Coach Adams, we'll let you get back to work. We appreciate you joining us here for a few minutes on the show today, and uh, we'll see you Saturday in Menji's. Okay, always a pleasure. God bless. Thank you. All right, there is Mark Adams. Man, that game on Saturday is a big one. Pirates have a chance to go back-to-back wins in conference play and improve to 3-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference and go 10-7 and seven overall. And that game will tip off at 4 o'clock on Saturday inside Menji's Coliseum. All right, let's take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk about something that we here at Pirate Radio have been waiting for, that you guys have been waiting for, and that Holt Nailers and the Walk-Ons have been waiting for. That is the launch of the Holt Nailers show. I was able to watch a a few minutes of that today. And uh, we'll talk about that show and its launch earlier today when we return. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, at least for this hour, Chandler Honeycutt. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Welcome back to Thursday, this is. ECU basketball getting it done last night on the road against Temple. So we're able to celebrate that today. We're also able to celebrate the launch of the Holton Ayler Show, which aired today, I know, on YouTube at 12 o'clock. And what a great show they had. What a great debut show they had. Uh, Enjoyed listening to them. I need to go back and try to listen to the whole one hour and 37 minutes that they went on their first show. And um, there's four different ways that you can find the Holton Ayler Show. Uh, first, on air, Thursdays and Fridays at 6 p.m. You can find it right here on Pirate Radio. 
uh, on YouTube, go and subscribe. If you haven't already, which you should, smash the sub. Subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube to watch the show. You can go to your podcasts. You can find the Holt Naylor Show wherever you listen to podcasts on the Pirate Radio podcast channel. Download, listen, and enjoy. And then, of course, on social media, make sure you follow the Holt Naylor Show on X for show drops, the latest guest updates, show topics, contests, and more. Be sure to follow at Holt Ayler Show and at PR nine two seven FM. They plugged in. So, uh, were you guys able to watch any of it today? Maybe Shirley. I know Alex. You said that you watched some of it. Uh, were you able to watch some of it, Cheryl's? No. Uh, I well, I was able to watch maybe the first ten minutes of it, but unfortunately, I had some other things I had to do, so I didn't have time to watch it. I'll try to uh, watch the rest of it tonight uh, when I get a chance. But I did listen to maybe about the first ten minutes of it. They seem really comfortable uh, talking today and and uh doing the show which they've done about four or five practice runs at this thing and uh it was just what great chemistry that they all have holton nailers jack powers caden norman and drew daughter um they were able to go around the room and introduce each other uh talk about their journeys in college football where they've been um and tell different stories and uh they gave their most respected coaches that they liked, uh, whether it was on the ECU staff or maybe another coach that they came across while playing at ECU. They talked about the stadiums that they've went to, what stadiums they didn't like, what stadiums they did like playing in. Uh, Caden Norman told a great Donnie Kirkpatrick story that I will not share with you guys. You have to go to the... Uh, I'll let you guys go and watch it for yourself. It's a great story about Donnie K. If there's ever a Donnie K story, I want to listen to it. And Caden Norman had a great one as well. I want to talk about this too. I, I wouldn't consider myself a big podcast guy. Like I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but the podcasts that I do listen to, I'm always interested in seeing the setup of the podcast. Now, you can listen to podcasts or you can watch podcasts. And a lot of the podcasts that I watch or that I listen to, I watch. And I like the setup of their studio. I always look to see what they have in their studio. And in this case, the Holt Naylor Show it is a pretty cool setup, and I think they're going to probably add some more to it. But, you know, behind Holton Nailers, you have uh, the ECU helmet. You got the Seahawks helmet. You got his jersey behind them. Uh, and behind each player, really, you have their jersey and different things. So I really like the setup of the show and the visual of the Holton Nailers show. So, um, Alex, I know you uh, you watched some of it today or listened to uh, the Holton Nailers show today. What did you think about it? And, uh what was your initial thoughts? I know you didn't watch the whole thing, did you? No, I watched about like a half hour of it, and then uh, it was time for me to come here. So I didn't get to finish the whole thing, but they did a fantastic job. I appreciated how honest they were. Yeah. You know, because, you know, as players, you know, like Holton said during his show, you know, he spent so much time behind the podium where you kind of have to be a little politically correct. But to see him, you know, give his honest take, especially how our season went, I thought it was – you know, really refreshing and good to hear from somebody like Holton. Yeah, I mean, they were up and honest about the quarterback play last year with Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn. Was Mason Garcia not developed right? They were up front and honest. I mean, and, you know, having Holton Nailers on Pirate Radio Live and uh, promoting this show coming up, he said that he was not going to sugarcoat anything and that he was going to be completely honest and, uh, you know, give his honest opinion on, on certain things and, I mean, he, he kept his promise, at least for today's show, because they were very honest about the EC football season that was this past year, the 2-10 and 10 season, and what went wrong. So they went around the horn and, 
uh, talked about maybe their thoughts on what went wrong with ECU's uh, terrible season this past year and uh, talked about some guys coming in. They talked about Caden Hauser uh, and what he's going to bring to the table at quarterback for ECU this upcoming season. Uh, so a great first show for Holt Nailers and the walk-ons. The Holt Nailers show now on Pirate Radio Live. You'll be able to hear that at 6 o'clock tonight, right, Shirley Rhodes? 6 o'clock tonight and 6 o'clock tomorrow night. So, uh, by the way, we have another interview with Clip Brock, and this time he's going to be talking to the host of the Holt Naylor Show, and that is Holt Naylor's, and this is how it sounded. All right, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Joining us, former Pirate QB, host of the Holt Naylor Show, uh, which you can hear on YouTube, where you get your podcast and these airwaves. Holt Naylor's joining us. Holt, how you doing, man? Clip, what's up, man? How are you? I'm great. Today's the big day. The Holt Naylor Show dropped. It is live now. Check it out. Uh, YouTube, Pirate Radio TV, also where you get your podcast, and we'll have it on our airwaves coming up at 6 o'clock. And uh, exciting day. Holt, how you feel? I'm pumped, man. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It seems like we, we literally did talk about it for months and prepare for it for months and kind of make sure everything was ready to go. You know, we wanted... We had the idea for a while now, but we wanted to make sure everything was perfect before we went live with it. Uh, we feel like it's ready to go. So, yeah, just go check it out. Um, if you're listening to this, go check it out. And Like Clip just said, on multiple airways, and uh, let us know what you think. I uh, heard some, not all of it, Holton, really enjoyed the kind of quarterback breakdown of the 2023 ECU Pirates, and we talked about you giving your unfiltered, honest opinions, and uh, appreciate that honesty, and I think a great breakdown, and if fans uh, of the team uh, want to hear Holton's thoughts on what happened with the QB position, you you got into that pretty good on today's show. Yeah, I did. You know, that's, that's part of the show is, you know, I'm going to be 100% myself, and look, I'm not going to dog anyone. I've been through that myself, so I mean, I didn't attack anyone like that. I'm going to give my honest opinion uh, as a fan now and as a football alumni, ECU alumni. I mean, I'm going to be 100% truthful, and so are the walk-ons. I mean, I think that's what's going to make the show fun and uh, interesting. Yeah, and it, it, it's a fine line, but it's really not that fine. Uh, it's 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 a clear line that sometimes guys will throw interceptions, but it doesn't mean they're a bad person, you know. <laughs> like, because I, I, I still see the the vitriol online, uh, like with Scotty Montgomery, for example. Uh, yeah, he he didn't win a lot of games here, but he's not the the scum of the earth. And uh, a lot of a lot of sports fans sometimes have trouble kind of uh drawing that line hold from uh the actual person to the guy we see on the field yeah absolutely i mean hey i've experienced it myself yeah um and i'm, I'm not going to be the the media guy that does that but at the same time i mean if you're a quarterback and you throw an interception i mean you're going to get criticized for it They're, you're going to get picked apart for it but i was in their shoes too so i mean i know how it feels so um i'm going to be fair i'm going to be completely honest on my feelings of it obviously you know i know a lot about football so i can watch and see plays and what was supposed to happen and all that which brings a different dynamic to the uh show as well holding uh let me ask you about Caden norman first of all i didn't realize all the accolades he received in high school so check out the whole nailer show to uh to get the full quarterback resume of Caden norman we talked about it a little bit when he joined us on monday his playing days at cleveland but man Caden said he had washington uh, a future. He had him plus the points. He moved the line to get them minus two. So how's he feeling right now? Not good. We're lucky we didn't uh, we didn't air that practice episode because <laughs> convinced all the all of the rest of us to go with Washington <laughs> to riding high. Um, during our betting segment at the end of each show, we do that. 
Um, but yeah, he was he was rolling on Washington. He called it all year. He predicted them to get to the national championship, which he hit yeah. on. And then he was, uh, I think he was feeling a little too high and convinced us to feel right there with him. So we all went Washington and uh, didn't go well. And man, really showed how good Michigan is, Holt, because Michael Penix just has not been held down like that uh, at any point this year. In fact, last time we spoke, you were talking about how impressed you were of Penix uh, when they took on Texas and beat Texas in the playoff. But man, uh, what a performance by the Michigan defense. And we knew about the running game, the O-line. They, they were able to control it just like they did pretty much every game this year. Yeah, I mean, they, they completely dominated. They made him look like a different player than he was because, I mean, I hadn't seen too much of his film this year, but I did watch the Texas game, and I thought it was one of the better quarterback performances, you know, in the playoff history. Um, I, I was very impressed with him, thought he could move himself up the draft boards, and then you go out in the national championship, and he looks nothing like he did in the semifinals, and that is a lot to do with the you know Michigan defense and the Washington O-line, which, you I mean, Washington's O-line won the, the best offensive line of the year award so you thought it would be a better of a matchup but i mean michigan completely dominated that and now hold we move on to the 12 team playoff at least for a couple of years and i know uh you're hating you're missing out on that part of uh playing at ecu because uh for the first time you know teams like east carolina will have a legitimate shot and sure you, you could have pulled a cincinnati and go undefeated for a couple of years in a row and make it to a playoff but uh that is few and far between in fact it only happened that one time uh so now teams get somewhat of a better playing field with a chance to make it to a playoff, and that's exciting for schools like East Carolina. Mike Houston can go into next season saying, hey, guys, our goal is to win a national championship this year, and he can actually mean that. 100%. I mean, hey, I think you know, we get on this, we get into this on the show a little bit, but you know, I think there was, there was talk about you know, all this uh, conference realignment and you know, ECU fans wanting to get in that, but I, if I'm an ECU fan, which I am, I'm perfectly fine with us being exactly where we are. Hmm. Don't go to the Big 12 in a harder conference. Win the American, get an automatic bid into the playoff. And let's be honest, me, football runs everything. Football revenue runs everything around here. If you, would you rather go, you know, 12 and one and make the playoff in the American six in the Big 12? And I think any ECU fan would say, let's stay in the American, win that, and make it to the playoff. Uh, yeah, it is a, a scenario that could happen that is in with the, within the realm of possibility and uh, certainly a goal to shoot for. Holt Naylor's joining us. Holt Naylor's show is available for you to download where you get your podcasts, uh, available on YouTube. We'll air it here tonight at 6 on Pirate Radio. Holt joining us. Holt, you are uh, a lot younger than me, obviously, but you still know the legendary status, and you've lived uh, your entire life watching Nick Saban, uh, Bill Nick, to a, a bit of a lesser degree, Pete Carroll. How about the the Wednesday in sports with uh, just iconic names stepping down. Wild. It was wild. We were actually shooting um, when Nick Saban, the news of Nick Saban broke, so it was pretty cool to be able to talk about that live and get our reaction um, on the show. But yeah, I mean, being able to they're three legendary coaches and me being able to play for Pete in his last year was pretty cool to, you know, stay down the road. I mean, he's, he's a legendary coach. Bill Belichick looks like he's still going to stay into coaching, but yeah. you know, dumb with the Patriots and that dynasty. And then Nick Saban, obviously. I mean, that's, you know, they were all getting older, but I don't expected really any of them other than Belichick maybe to move on. So all the news and then all in really the same 24-hour span was pretty wild. The Pete Carroll thing, I mean, he's obviously won a whole lot. The thing that gets me about him, 72 years old and the energy he shows, and no way that's just like on game day for the camera. He's always like that, right? 
Oh, he's always juiced up. Team meetings during OTAs when no one wants to be there. I mean, he's he's always juiced up. He's <laughs> fun. Uh, he's definitely one of the funner coaches I've been around. It's not the funnest. That's awesome. Holden Naylor's joining us, and uh, Holden will be around. Some, in fact, a great coach on Tubes with the UFL. We'll talk about that before uh, we wrap up this conversation. Holden, real quick, let's go through the playoff matchups just from a quarterback perspective, and I'll get your thoughts on the QB matchups and, and who you think takes it. We'll start Saturday, 430. You can hear all these games right here on Pirate Radio. Big game, Holt. You got 38-year-old Joe Flacco, 22-year-old C.J. Stroud. Are you the old QB in this game? Yeah, so uh, I, I also say this on the show. I think Browns are a sweeper Super Bowl pick. I mm. think um, Flacco's playing as good as he's played even in his younger years. That defense is really, really good. And as much as Stroud's balling right now, not having Tank Dell is going to hurt him in the playoffs versus that Browns defense. And look, I mean, every – Four or five years, there's a random quarterback that rides the coattails of a good defense and wins a Super Bowl. And Flacco has literally done that before in his career. Not saying he's a random quarterback, but I mean, you get what I'm saying there. And you know, I, I think they're a sleeper pick to, to run all the way. Holding Saturday night, you've got two offenses that I'm sure you'd love to play in: Miami and Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, the uh, better, more established quarterback. Tua's got all those weapons. Uh, fellow lefty as well. I know you got a soft spot in your heart for the lefties. Uh, what do you think about that matchup in KC? Yeah, it's supposed to be a lot of snow in Kansas City, and everyone's saying that uh, the Dolphins don't have a chance and all that, but I'm actually taking the Dolphins. I'm taking Tyreek Hill going up there and uh, breaking up the, the Kelsey Swift train early uh, in the playoffs. So I, I got the Dolphins there. Steelers go into the playoffs with a backup, third string, fourth string, whatever they're on with Mason Rudolph and Josh Allen trying to finally put it all together for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is fun to watch in a good and bad way, Holt. He will make some spectacular plays, love when he's running uh, the football, the plays he can make. He can also throw you an interception, fumble the ball quick. So he is a roller coaster to watch. Uh, what, what do you think about Allen overall? And do you think the Bills cruise in this one? I mean, yeah, I think the Bills walk away with this one. Josh Allen himself, I think he's extremely talented. But, you know, these last couple of games, he's kind of had that Jameis Winston effect of uh, each play is going to be exciting. <laughs> and people know how exciting it's going to be. Um, but, yeah, I got the Bills in this one. I, the quarterback situation with the Steelers is kind of weird right now. So I'm taking the Bills. 4.30 Sunday. Dak was the guy looking like Jameis and uh, Josh Allen last year throwing interceptions. This <laughs> year, uh, just throwing TDs to C.D. Lamb. Great year for Dak Prescott. Jordan Love proving his worth and really coming on late uh, here, Holt. And uh, could be a sign of the future for what the Packers have there. Uh, Cowboys big favorites, though. You think Dak and company take it at home? Yeah, I got the Cowboys in this one. I think Jordan Love goes and plays well. I mean, this is his moment. You know, he, he won the rivalry game to get in versus the Bears, which is, you know, kind of weird to say, but that is they had to win to get in, and he did that, and he's been playing really well lately. Um, so I wouldn't – I think the the Packers cover, but I got the, the Cowboys winning. And then, man, if you could watch one, it might be Chiefs-Dolphins, but this is a close second. This should be a really fun one uh, coming up on a Sunday night. Rams-Lines. Holden, do you think – I mean, Stafford's such an established vet. He's won a Super Bowl. Goff's been in it a while now. Is there any kind of extra oomph to this, being that they're playing against their former teams, or you think they can treat this as just another game? As a quarterback, you know, what's what's going through their minds right now? Oh, there's definitely some extra motivation. I mean, realistically, people are looking at it. Fans are going to look at it. The front office is going to look at it. Who won the trade? Who won the yeah. quarterback trade there? And uh, obviously, they're both in the same position now. So who can go out there and lead the team in the playoffs? I got the Lions in this one. I think it's the Lions' year uh, to make a run at this thing. They finally flipped it. Dan Campbell, obviously, is awesome. 
Um, and I believe in their culture and that they're going to win this one. Man, do you ever think you live in a world where you say, I like the Browns holding? It's a crazy year, right? No. <laughs> uh, and finally, Monday night, Eagles, Bucks. John Hurts has been uh, really good in his young career, but I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know what's going on in Philly. They look really shaky right now. And, man, I did not have Baker Mayfield starting a home playoff game in 2024, uh, but here we are. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, Eagles are 1-5 in in their last six games, so obviously not playing too hot right now. Playing in Tampa, but I still think the Eagles got the best O-line and the best D-line, if not top five in the league, so I'm still going to take the Eagles. Holt Naylor's joining us. Tell us again when you start your uh, duties for the Arlington Renegades. What's your schedule like? Yeah, so I move out there um, February 23rd. Camp starts the 24th, and we kind of get going from there. Our first game's March 30th. And the show goes on, right? Uh, no matter if you're playing, practicing, whatever. Oh, it rolls on. We have the technology to do it. Um, it's It'll be even better. I mean, it'll honestly be like a little, you know, update on my life each week. I get to say kind of what this new league's going to be about. And it'll be a little bit of behind the scenes of that. Catch the walk-ons, Holt Nailers on episode one. Coming up next week, episode two, HV3. Harold Varner III are going to join you, right? Yep. Got HV3 coming, and we got uh, some even more – more guests, big guests uh, planned for episode three, four, and five. So stay tuned. Make sure you have your alerts on, and uh, we look forward to it. Oh, congrats. Great job, man. Looking forward to uh, hearing the show and, and watching you guys grow in uh, in that realm. And uh, appreciate you joining us today. We'll catch up with you again soon, man. Appreciate it, Clip. See you. All right, there's Holt Nailers of the Holt Nailers Show. You can catch him in the walk-ons tonight at 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio and tomorrow night at 6 o'clock right here on Pirate Radio. Let's take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk Wild Card Weekend and gambling with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. So don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Pirate Water. Get ready to party, pirates. Go to drinkpiratewater.com to find your new treasure. 21 and older only. Pirate Water. Why be yourself when you can be a pirate? Now, back to the show. Welcome back. University PC Care has been Pirate Nation's go to IT expert. Uh, since 2006, and they are the local tech support experts for any of your business needs. Let University PC Care take care of it so you can take care of business. Uh, visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Chandler. All right, wild card weekend on its way. Got some good matchups this weekend, and if you are a gambler, you want to listen to this conversation with Jeff Nadu, the big man on campus, uh, as he talked to clip brock about what his thoughts are on this weekend's matchups and here is that conversation now all right let's head out to the pirate radio live line joining us big man on campus jeff nadu to talk some college hoops jeff how you doing today man pretty good how are you clip? good and happy new year to you as well first time i've talked to you uh in 2024 uh let's start with the pirates jeff and uh Maybe not as impressive to you because you kind of know what's going on up there with Temple basketball. They don't appear to be uh, having a great season, but Pirates going on the road winning at Temple for the first time since joining the AAC. That's two wins in a row 
for East Carolina. Again, something for us to be excited about in the grand scheme of things, though. Uh, Jeff, would you say they beat a, a, a pretty bad to mid basketball team last night? Uh, I would say they did, yeah. I mean, this is not a good Temple team. Not a very talented roster. Definitely not. Look, the the state of Temple basketball is a far cry from where it once was. Even recently, uh, 10 years ago, this was still a decent program. This is a program that uh, just has no more juice. Um, They haven't hired particularly well. And the Aaron McKee whole situation went uh, ajar. Yeah, I mean, look, going on the road and winning is never easy, but... Uh, yeah, going to Temple right now is not uh, particularly a strong uh, win, but they'll take it. Pirates will play a, a better opponent coming up at home Saturday, SMU. Jeff, what can you tell us uh, about the Mustangs this year? Well, SMU is an elite defensive team. Um, they, they're very talented at the guard position under Rob Lanier, who was at Georgia State. Um, they, they're really great at every level. Um, if you can't score um, – really at any level, you're going to have a lot of trouble. I'm not saying that ECU can't do it, but you're going to have to figure that you're going to play a lot of games in the, the low to mid-60s. Um, yeah, SMU's a real solid team, and, and I think they're a group that, I think long-term in this conference, are going to be the, the groups that could knock off a, a Memphis or a Florida Atlantic. Very well-coached team, uh, especially going there. That's a tough game. Moody Coliseum's a, a real tough place to play. I'd have to figure that SMU will probably be a seven, eight point favorite in this game, and I'd have to assume they win by double digits. The game, well, the game is here, Jeff. Are you saying the game in Minji's a seven? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong thing. Um, yeah, I would think in, in in. So what does that put it at? About four or five here. SMU, what do you think? No, no, I would say probably, as I'm looking at it over, my apologies. Yeah, I would say at, at home it's probably ten and a half. At, at ECU it's probably six. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I would I would still lean on SMU regardless. This is this is a really difficult team. I mean, they're going to force you into the half court and just kind of grind you down, and uh, they're going to be a tough outing. I mean, look at what they did to Memphis. Memphis is a great offensive team. So yeah, they're really good SMU. Yeah, Memphis putting up a hundred plus last night in an overtime win over UTSA. What a week it's been uh, in college basketball, Jeff. And I I had a lock of the year uh, that I gave out Tuesday. And that was uh, Rutgers minus the points against Indiana. And I don't know anything really about Rutgers basketball. All I know about Indiana is that I had them on Saturday night at home against Ohio State. But my thought was it's just a spot. It's Indiana coming off a home win, feeling pretty good about themselves, going on the road, long road trip to New Jersey, taking on uh, the Scarlet Knights. And I just like Rutgers at home in that situation. And you can find these spots each and every night across college basketball. It doesn't always work out, Jeff, but uh, look, a lot of times you're going to see these home teams, especially home underdogs, home slight favorites, win these games. Yeah, I mean, I think if you just long-term bet home teams for the most part, uh, you'll do quite well. I actually had the under in that game. That was my uh, premium play on Monday night or Tuesday night, whatever that was. And that was a great bet by you. I mean, they completely have owned Indiana. Uh, Indiana just can't score. I mean, they're not very good. Trey Saxon Davis is a memory for that group. And uh, they're not just – they're really low, but that's why Q. And running into Rutgers and Rutgers is never easy. Uh, it's a great call. But, yeah, I think if you long-term just bet home teams, I mean, you look at the fact of Baylor won that night. Iowa State won that night. You look at last night, Mississippi State won at home. TCU won at home. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of home. I mean, Xavier was very live at home. Um, you know, Mississippi rolled Florida. They were at home. 
So, yeah, I think long-term, if you just bet home teams, uh, you, you will win long-term in college basketball, absolutely. And it's such a grind, a long season. Nothing's truly, I guess, that shocking. But what surprised you the most uh, this week so far, Jeff? Is it uh, Purdue going down, Houston losing for the first time, Kansas last night against UCF, Tennessee. You mentioned Mississippi State beating them. That's four out of the five top five teams. Uh, I think UConn was able to survive on the road right against uh, Xavier, yeah, they won 80-75. to 75. Four out of the top five losing in the last two nights. Uh, any of those shock you? I mean, I think they all shock me, but in the long term, I mean, you're not going to win every game. Um, we don't have any undefeated teams, and we weren't going to have any undefeated teams. I'm not real worried about an early conference loss, but I think the, the, the growing sentiment around college hoops, this has happened in college football as well, is due to new transfer rules, due to the NIL, um, it, it's it's an open uh, world now in these sports. I, I mean, could you identify the best team in the country? I think every group has flaws. I think it's going to be every year a very fun tournament because you have some really good teams like Houston, Arizona, Purdue. Um, but, but like, when you really look at it, I think Auburn's the top five team in America. I think they're that good. Um, they're a team just kind of out of, out of nowhere. So I think, you know, it doesn't surprise me per se. You're going to have teams that are going to lose. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have tough road spots. And, look, I've told you over the years, Cliff, my favorite time to bet sports is college basketball conference season because you can identify just great spots. Last night, I love Mississippi State. It was a great spot, um, you know, and, and it ended up being an easy winner. So, yeah, I think long term, you got to bet home teams, and you're going to have a lot of parity. Coming up tonight, Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. You got Maryland hosting Michigan and Big Ten play. FAU, who lost to Charlotte. FAU clinging to a top 25 spot right now on the road at Tulane, uh, which, uh, you know, it looks like a tough game, but you got to think FAU is uh, is woken up here to what the AAC is compared to maybe uh, the league they were in. Uh, UCLA at Utah. Boy, the Bruins have really struggled this year. Michigan State at Illinois. Gonzaga's at Santa Clara. Arizona State at Washington, just to name a few. Anything, uh, Jeff, you got your eye on tonight? Yeah, and, and Cliff, I do have a question for you before we go. I want yeah. to ask you something. But uh, as far as um, as far as tonight, I, mean, I didn't love the card. The only game I was really that in tuned on was I like Maryland. I think they beat up Michigan. Michigan has uh, 0-2 to start the season, I believe, in the Big uh, Ten. Uh, lost to Minnesota, lost to Penn State. Now they got to go on the road without their lead point guard, Doug McDaniel, who is suspended for the next six road games. Kind of, kind of weird, but he's suspended. This is a group that has no bench. They're 361st out of 362 in bench minutes. They just don't have anybody to come in and play point guard. And I think this is going to be a complete disaster for them on the road at Maryland, who is in their own right pretty desperate. They've started 0-2 or 0-3 in the conference. So um, I think for them, this is a great spot at home. Uh, this number's been bet up from 4.5 all the way to 6. I, I think we see a double-digit Maryland victory. Michigan could have a lot of trouble. They're already a pretty bad defensive team. It's not going to get easier. Now you don't have your point guard. So it's going to be a mess tonight for Michigan. They do want to talk a little uh, wild card playoffs with you before we let you go. You can hear the games right here on Pirate Radio Saturday, Sunday, and Eagles Bucks Monday night. Um, before we go, you know, down the whole card or whatever, anything uh, you are looking at in particular for the games this weekend? Well, you know, I, I think uh, for me, 
you know, I think the Rams surely have what it takes to knock off the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, something tells me the Lions just aren't ready to compete at the playoff level. Look, I think it's great that they've gotten there, but we've seen them in various games this year when they step up and play a real team, i.e. the Ravens. They got their teeth caved in. I think the Rams are legit. I'm very happy, and I feel vindicated that they made the playoffs because I said before the season, I thought this roster was pretty good. I, I didn't think they were a bottom-tier NFC West team. And you look at it, they've been very good. I think you make the case they're a significantly better defense. This is a line defense, particularly through the pair, through the air, that can't stop anybody. Uh, if you're going to give me three, I'll gladly side with the L.A. Rams. And listen, I'm going to say it, and I'll say it again. I, I'm hearing some really brutal things coming out of Kansas City that the weather could be just disastrous. Uh, and I'm talking about like 20, 30 below zero. I just don't want to bet on the Dolphins. Yeah. Like, sorry. I mean, I'm not interested. Uh, I think you better get in and get in now on this one and, and maybe lean on Kansas City. I don't like them as a favorite generally, but um, I also like the under. I, I think this is a brutal game. Uh, first to 20 wins. I think both offenses are, I think, really hamstrung. And I think you have two better defenses than most people think. Can I talk to uh, Nadu, the Eagles fan, for a moment? And uh, and uh, one good thing, I guess, in Philly's corner is everybody's starting to doubt them and talk about how bad they are and how much they stink. Uh, the bad news is that that all might be true, uh, Jeff. They are road favorites Monday night. So not even from a gambling standpoint, or you can throw that in if you want, but as a, a fan of the team, how do you feel about the playoffs beginning? Uh, well, as I mean, listen, as I get older, I, I couldn't care less, more or less. But I, I think as a, a long – look, I've been I've rooted for the Eagles since I was a kid. I think it's pathetic. I mean, if, if, if we're being honest, I mean – and I'll tell you right now, as as Matt Patricia leading this defense, I don't know how they go on the road and win. I mean, I I, I think they'll probably find a way just because it is Tampa. And, and, look, they dominated Tampa early in the season, but – I don't have any reason to believe that Mike Evans is going to run wild all over this defense. Um, it's hard for this group to just win a game right now. It was one of the reasons I bet against them last week. It's one of the reasons I'll probably just avoid them this week. Look, do I think they probably win? Yeah, but I think it's just you're delaying the inevitable. I think it's important that in the offseason they make some strong changes. And I'm talking about firing Sirianni, Patricia, it will be gone. And I think Brian Johnson is going to take another job. I think you have to give strong thought to Bill Belichick. I, I really do. I, I think they need someone to come in here and, and I think make a, a big change. They need real coordinators. I'm not talking about these goofy guys they bring in off the street that can't perform. They need legit coordinators, legit options. I think you got to try to make something like that happen. They need to move on. Figured I'd get a little decent Philly rant from uh, Nadu here on this Thursday. Uh, Jeff, I want to ask you this, too. I haven't looked at gambling odds as far as the national championship college football playoff for next season. But just kind of a general question with Alabama. Look, I'm old enough to remember when Alabama wasn't good and wasn't dominant before Nick Saban. You're uh, younger than me a little bit, but I'm sure you remember that they haven't always been this juggernaut. Uh, A question is, and it does depend on who they bring in and everything, but do you think the tide just continues to roll or do they get their comeuppance a little bit without Nick Saban moving forward? Any, Any thoughts on that? I think it's really remaining to be seen. Look, obviously you're going to see a lot of recruits kind of uh, run to the hills, if you will. 
But I guess you have to ask yourself, I mean, it all depends on who they bring in. I, I, look, I don't think they're going to become bad or anything. Uh, but, no, I think most of the time you just re-up, get a new coach. It's not like they're going to hire some random guy. Um, and most of the recruits that are, let's say, with a Mike Norvell, they're going to jump ship and run to wherever he goes. I think the strong name would probably be Lane Kiffin. Uh, again, I've said before, I don't think Lane Kiffin is as good as people say he is. Uh, the guy can recruit, though, and I think we'll get a lot of those guys to come with him. I think another interesting name would be DeBoer up at Washington. He's an elite mm-hmm. coach. Um, that might be a, a real option. He's 25-3 and three over two seasons. We saw him, obviously, in the national title game, but I think they may have wanted Dan Lanning, but that ain't going to happen, so... Um, no, I, I think they'll be quite fine. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be a worry. They'll be they'll be just fine. Good stuff today with Jeff Nadeau. Sit down podcast available to download. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Nadeau. Jeff, uh, you said you had a question for me before we get out of here. I, I got to ask, what is the buck? What is that? Uh, the Buccaneer Music Hall. Uh, you can hear live music. Uh, great place to watch games on a Sunday. They do a jersey giveaway every NFL Sunday. Uh, karaoke, great beers. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, it's called the Buccaneer Music Hall, Jeff. It's a bar. It's a place to go watch live music and a uh, great place to watch sports. A little bit of everything. The reason, the reason I ask that is um, where I'm from, where I live now, we, we have kind of an interesting city because I live in the city part, but as many people know, it's, it's a pretty big county. and We have obviously a lot of Amish here and that sort of thing in the county area. And there's a place in the southern end of the county called the Buck as well. And it's like this, it's like this, um, I'm just going to, don't, I don't know what I can say. What I, it's, it's a very country place like where like they do like uh, tractor pools and like. Uh, Sound like you were going to say redneck and pulled back. Yeah, I want to say <laughs> It's very like redneck. Yeah, okay. Demolition derbies, that sort of thing. And like, I don't go to places like that, but I, I so whenever I hear the boss, I always think because they have these like goofy commercials where they're like, uh, "Come to the boss." <laughs> <laughs> We might, we might use that and put it in a commercial and uh, throw you a few bones. Uh, good stuff. Hey, Nate, do good to talk with you, man. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Appreciate it. See you, Cliff. The big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. And yes, Daddy's home. Welcome back. Hey, John. Hey, Shirley. Hey, Trivia Champ. Trivia Champ. Alex Harper. Hey, Chad Gang. Hey, Jamie, you done whining? Jamie is a whiner. Good grief, man. I'm sorry, I got to come in here and immediately call out Jamie's whining, but grab some tissues if you have an issue and enjoy the show. We'll take a time out, come back. Good job, Chandler. Thank you. Terrible break management. I know. But... You know, if we were all perfect, how boring of a world would that be? I know. Very boring. Think about that. All right. When we return, Hour 2, Pirate Radio Live. It is a guest-free Hour 2. So we're freestyling. Although, I do have something prepared. Shocking words towards Chandler Honeycutt. I don't know what you did to make this guy mad, but just some heinous things said about you and we're going to play them when we return after this
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, Pirate fans, did you know there's thousands of special needs children and adults right here in our community that love ECU athletics as much as you do? Robbie's Clubhouse is a local nonprofit organization that can turn your unused ECU tickets into a fun day for a family with special needs. If you can't make it to the next Pirate game, simply call 1-800-DIAL-ECU and donate and designate your tickets for Robbie's Clubhouse. If you know of a family that needs tickets to a game, call Robbie's Clubhouse at 252-916-9117. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right. One of the greatest rock songs in the history of music. Charlie Rhodes, A-Harp. Sean. I'm here, baby. <clears throat> Man, wish I could have been here to start the show to talk about what you talked about, which was last night's ECU basketball victory. We'll talk about it. Let's talk you, about it. What do, you, what do you think about that? Pirates um, get a win on the road for the first time. I honestly was shocked. And as we were watching that game last night, sports trivia, like, it was more mouth agape. In, in surprise at the score. Jaw on the floor. Jaw. Uh, I was floor jawing. Um, and just wait. Like, the Pirates uh, turned it over up 10, and then dude came down for Temple, hit a three. I was like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate that that's my mindset watching these games, but you can't really blame me, right? I mean, I think every Pirate fan's got some of that. Well, it's happened so many times. I don't blame you for thinking that way. But he's got – we not no punks. We not no punks. Went into Philly, got no win. Kind of cruised. Dare I say? Uh, just an easy rocking chair win. Do you know how many? You might know, but do you know how many bench points we had last night? Mary knows because I said, Mary, do you know how much bench points we had? And she said, I was listening to Pirate Radio Live, and uh, Sean, the host, said four, four points off the bench from Caleb LeCount. Both of his points came from the free throw line, and then Jaden Gardner. Jaden Gardner. Jaden Gardner. Jaden Gardner came back and played. And only had and got, two points? And got two points off the bench. How about that? <laughs> Jaden Walker with the other two points. Uh, what is – you keep bringing that up. I just think that's crazy. Speak on it. I mean, just I, – I, that just shows you that how much the starters helped. Guess who was not in the stat sheet? A guy that we like. Uh, Sear. Sear Malanga. Yeah. No no minutes for him. Mm. We got to sear it up, man. Uh, RJ with a good uh, game last night, yeah. leading the way with 20 points. 20 for the slick-headed RJ Felton. He didn't get to the 27 that we talked about yesterday in that Providence. Um, that was Ezra. That's, oh, that's okay. I, I see where you're going. He, I'm sorry. My bad. He didn't get to the 27, but he did have 18 last night. Here's the uh, stat to consider. Six times at the line, six free throws made. Six beauties. Uh, C. Fornal says pirate fans in the crowd were louder than the owls. So I uh, the crowd was not good. I we did not have the volume up on the TVs at AJ's during sports trivia, so I never heard the crowd. Uh, but we could definitely see that it was not a big crowd there in Philly. 
Jamie said, but Clip, Nadu said it wasn't impressive. Temple sucks. I didn't agree. I mean, yeah, you're a grown man, right? Mm-hmm. You can believe and think what you want to think. Just like he can. Just like I can. Just like we all can. And I saw you earlier say something about Nadu's never said anything positive about ECU. Um, there was a tweet earlier in the year. And I almost texted him and said, Nadu, you're being too positive about ECU basketball. Uh, he said, October 31st, happy Halloween. Uh, he says, a team I really think improves this season in college basketball is East Carolina. Really like Mike Schwartz with a bunch back, as well as bringing in LSU transfer Cam Hayes. I think they take a major step forward. That's very nice of you. He was uh, nice uh, to say that and then saw him lose to USC Upstate and Northeastern and probably wasn't so nice. East Tennessee State and was like, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Are we good now, Jamie? Jamie, what's your what's your deal today? What's wrong, man? He's talk about his, it. He's getting his feelings hurt, too. Yeah. Too Is everything late. okay? Is there anything we can talk about with you? Colts missed the playoffs. So close. Indiana lost... All right, so Every uh, earlier this week, Jamie said, "Repost a tweet." See, that's weird. Repost a tweet. All I just did was go to Twitter, search Jeff Nadu and and Cam Hayes. That I put that in the search box because I remembered that he mentioned him. You can do that. But like liking somebody's post, even just from like three days ago, is weird to me. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was in October. Yeah, it's weird. Weird behavior. Uh, Jack said, and they do like this Holton's last year. Kenny said, horrible crowd. And the guys calling the game were terrible. Yeah, I, I, kept, I saw some Steve Schwartz reference last night. Mm. I guess Did they uh, at least have his picture up there and it was the right picture? And was it the guy calling the game Harry Donahue? Uh, we've had him on the show a million times talking Temple over the years. Older gentleman. I like him. But uh, might have had a rough one last night, apparently. Mm. Steve Schwartz. Remember when uh, Mike Schwartz called Jeff Charles the wrong name in his uh, first interview with him? Oh, yeah. Greg. <laughs> called him Greg. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. And Jeff was like, well, all right. I guess I'm Greg Charles now. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> great respect to Greg. Great respect, Greg. We actually talked about that not only with Jeff, but with Mike Schwartz and had a laugh over it. All right, um, Chandler, what is your beef with Stephen A. Smith? Do you not like him? He's loud. He's obnoxious. I feel like he thinks he knows way more than he does. Mm. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the guy. Well, he apparently knows that. And did you hear what he had to say about you? No, I didn't. I wish he would say it to my face. Well... He's not going to say it to your face, but we do have it. Can we hear what Stephen A. Smith had to say about Chandler yesterday? I hope I bleeped it out properly. Please do not allow this to be a reflection on my character because this is not how I act every day. But I mean it from my soul when I say this is the worst human being I've ever known. I don't know of another human being worse. He is a piece of He's the dude that's going to have a funeral and ain't going to be no pallbearers. Mm. Might be two people to show up. 
He's I'll, that dude. I'll be there. He is the absolute worst. And they begged me not to do this. But even my pastor, A.R. Bernard, said, I'm not happy about it. But every now and then, we got to do what we got to do. His pastor told him to roast you. I promise you. And last to my sister, Carmen, I won't do this again. I promise you. I know you cringing. You didn't want me to do this. I'm sorry, sis. It was necessary. He's a sorry, fat piece of Wow. Okay. That's who he is. And I want to make sure everybody knows that. Mm. He is the worst human being any of you will ever meet. Man. You get within a mile of his presence. Wrap your arms around yourself to protect your soul. What? He is Cain. He is a devil. The worst. That's all I have to say. Y'all have a nice day. I'm going to go about my business. All right. To talk about a man dying and saying that there will be no pallbearers and to say that there will be two. Oops, sorry. That was me. It's crazy. I don't think he should have fat shamed you either. I don't think he should have done any of what he just did. He just called you Cain? He called me the devil. He said, if you come within a mile of me. Hold on to, to your to, soul. To wrap yourself up, to Watch give yourself your a hug, and protect yourself from that devil. Shirley went to flea feed, so her souls are all good. <laughs> they are comfortable. What set him off? I, I only said that I didn't like him. Well, I just said you I did say he was obnoxious. You said he doesn't know as much as he thinks he does. I and mean, I, you know what? I how, thought it was because he cursed people, on the air yesterday. How many people in the world have said that about Stephen A. Smith? And he has to come at me and say out. that when I die, that nobody's going to be at my funeral. Well, maybe two. I'll be there. But no, there's not going to be anyone to carry my casket to the graveside. Me and your daddy will carry it. Man. If we can hold it up, you fat piece of... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hurt. Mm. I've had people say some mean things to me. But that right there takes the cake. That's it. And it comes from Stephen A. Smith. Disgusting. Disgusting. He, I guess he thinks that he could say whatever he wants to because he was in that suite with Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, you know, Travis Scott. At the national championship game. He was definitely the oddball in that group. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that he said, sorry, sis. Yeah, he apologized to his he sister. He asked his preacher. <laughs> his pastor. His pastor his, told him he could say it. His pa- The pastor. Pastor, uh, can I meet with you real quick? Uh, amen. Praise God. I just, I want to call this guy a fat piece of crap. Is that cool? He said, go ahead. Sometimes said, you go gotta ahead. do what you gotta do. He said. Uh, he said, "Go right ahead." Deuteronomy uh, forty-eight three. I don't want to go to that church. Says we could call people fat pieces of bleep. <laughs> Eric said, "If a pastor signed off on that, it must have been Joel Osteen." <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Oh, that's, man. That's so much. That was actually directed at Jason Whitlock. Uh, why? I don't know. I don't care. I just thought that was really funny. Wow. 
I don't know. How, that uh, was. Um, I'm going to say there are no winners in a uh, Stephen A. Smith Whitlock debate. All, wrap your arms you around All yourself losers. and protect your soul. What I said about Stephen A. Smith, I actually do not mind Stephen A. Smith. He does get a little carried away when he yells and does all his whatever the bit is. But some of his best stuff is when it's calm and slow <laughs> and delivered just like the way he just delivered that message to Jason Whitlock. Like, that was pretty good. Or when he says Lamar Odom was on crack. Lamar Odom, who was on crack? (laughs) The first thing that Phil Jackson did as the president of the New York Knicks was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. (laughs) Oh, man. Gotta love it. Funny stuff. You told us not to listen to it. Yeah. Charlie, you hadn't heard that, right? No, that was the first I'd heard of I, it. I, by the Charlie way, I was reacting to it as he as he went along. I was like, wow. I think he went like 25 or 30 minutes. I had to edit it down to... Uh, like a minute and a half. Yeah. And even then, I was like, good Lord. Wait, he went... In actuality, he went like 25, 30 minutes? He, so, I guess he has his own show apart from me. Oh, okay, I don't okay, know. Okay. I don't follow Stephen But he went that long in, in a rant about Jason Whitlock. I think he was talking about why they had a beef and going in. I, again, okay. I don't know. I'm not going to dive into it. I don't care about either one of them. You can Google it up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a long rant. And... Uh, I, I don't know if I want to spend that much time over someone that I dislike. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to rant. But but you're going to get like th- maybe five minutes out of me and then I'm done. This is uh, show business. I bet, uh, good point. Just like politicians who uh, talk about how awful each other, you know, they all are. And then the cameras turn off and then they go eat dinner and hang out. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. That was fun. When I called you a moron and you called me an idiot and we got all these people riled up, that was cool. That was fun. I could see Stephen A. Smith and Whitlock doing the same thing. Now, you mentioned show business. You want to know what the biggest show business is on television right now? And it's on ESPN. The Pat McAfee Show. As he welcomed back, just one day removed, saying that he will not have Aaron Rodgers on the show. I saw that. I was having lunch, and I was like, wait a minute. Is this a replay? That or is, is show business for you. Man, that's just... Which, by the way, I, I believe... You know what? I don't care. I'll just... I don't... Let's... We'll move on. I don't care either. Yeah. But we need... But I... I, I did find it interesting that, you know, he, he announces that Rodgers is not coming back for the rest of the season as a guest, and right. then the very next day, i.e. today, he was back on. Yeah. I, uh, it's all just wacky. We need we need some wacky guests to come on and talk about wacky stuff to get some news going. What do you Speaking got? of wacky guests, Bo Bats <laughs> says, uh, he texts me and says, I'll be at your funeral if snacks are served. <laughs> he said, also, if I'm not already dead. <laughs> <laughs> Bobo. No, Bo would sneak. Oh, Bobo! Bobo would, would sneak be there. snacks into your casket. Shirley, uh, Shirley will be at your funeral. Say, Shirley, I got you some uh, Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> here, take go, take a few. Yeah, here, here's a whole big bag of Tootsie Rolls. I got hey, Christmas tree cakes. Here's a coupon card. <laughs> yeah, a coupon card. Hey, do you think I can sneak that into Chandler's casket too? Just make sure it gets in there. So he'll have it in the in the next life. He can have his coupon card and his candy. Chandler, can we use your casket to stand up our batting cage? Yep. 
Can we borrow you for a minute? You know, somebody brought up Bobats the other day. I went to um, the pregame uh, meal for ECU basketball with our good friends Halftime Steve and Halftime Don, and they brought up Bobats. They said they knew Bobats. Did you hear what Stephen A. Smith said about Bobats? No. Do we have that, Shirley? Hit it real quick. Oh, hold on. This is what Stephen... He didn't say anything bad about him, did he? I don't think so. About Bo? Yeah. I can't imagine anybody saying anything bad about Bo. Please do not allow this to be a reflection on my character because this is not how I act every day. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I mean it from my soul mm-hmm. when I say mm-hmm. this is the worst human being oh, I've my. ever known. Cut uh, this off. Cut, no way. I don't know that. of another human being. What? Bo Bats? Come on. As a saint. Take a break. When we return, I don't know what we're going to do. It is Fleet a free form four o'clock hour. Fleet Feet Rundown sounds like a good idea. We will do that. We got Austin Knight coming up hour three. We'll talk some pirate baseball. More to go. Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Beauty Bar Metaspa. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Visit BeautyBarMetaspa.com to set up a free consultation. Now, back to the show. All right, finally got the microphone turned on. Welcome back. Bud Light reminds Pirate fans to always stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, Buck Scoreboard presented by the Buck. The Buck. Do we have the Jeff Nadeau Buck thing, Shirley? Come to the Buck. Come to the Buck. And get bucked up that we have a final in the nba do you know why apparently they played in patty oh they did yeah paris who played in patty uh the Cavs beat the nets 111 to 102 put it in the louvre speaking of that i saw that the panthers will be hosting a game in germany next germany. year germany do you hate that as much as I do? I hate it. Good. I hate it. We need to get more people on board that hate international NFL I games. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I okay, hate it. Okay, so explain to me why you hate it. I'm so, glad you asked. Because. No. Because NFL home games are precious. You only get eight. Now you get eight or nine. Okay. Um fans are you know paying for the tickets it's hard to win on the road in any sport you only get in baseball and basketball you have a million home games in the season you only have 16 weeks of the nfl season 17 up oh, sorry 17 sorry 18 now 17 games but they are precious and to get screwed on a home game 
So, hey, really, it doesn't matter when you're as bad as the Commanders and Panthers. But for normal teams, to lose a home game, I think, is a big deal. I don't think it's fair that, say, the other teams in my division are getting all their games at home with their fans, and we're shipping our team out to Germany to play a home game. Why can't we do it? And I, I know it's all about visibility. is expanding the game to make it an international game, yada, yada, yada. But why can't we just do it the other way around, where we have a home game, but we do it early in the day, for example, like it's 9 a.m., you know, our time uh, for a game. And instead of having the game in London, have it here, but air it 9 a.m. their time or however you want to do it. Oh, you're saying to help their watching audience. Yes, yeah. kind of reverse it instead of sending the teams over there, which you have to deal with jet lag. You got to deal with the time difference and all the other stuff you got to deal with when you're traveling. I mean, that is. And, and the thing is, is it's not just Germany. It's not just Europe. It's Mexico City. Well, they've sent some teams down there to play. I got a crazy idea. How about in the National Football League with all American teams? We play the games in America at one o'clock, four o'clock, eight o'clock, like we've done since I've been on this earth. America. America. Insert bald eagle screech. <laughs> <laughs> And when I become president, every NFL game will be played on U.S. soil. End of end of discussion. I mean, why can't we go to Canada? Because it's not America! The I'm CFL saying, ain't playing here, and I don't want them here. Well, it's not like um, Europe doesn't have their own football league. I mean, the, Germany has their own football league. Good! They can watch that. Great! I know you want to keep it in America. I'm just saying, if we're going to go international, let's just go everywhere then. No! (laughs) Commanders Panthers in Antarctica. You're such a curmudgeon. You're being such a Jamie right now. (laughs) Uh, It really boils down to the home game thing for me. Okay. If my team was halfway decent and fighting for a playoff spot and we lose like a big home game because we have to go over there, I just don't think that's fair. If other teams get more home games than my team. Uh, That's fair. That's fair. fair. That's a fair argument to make, I should say. Thank you. I mean, Panthers don't have a home field advantage anyway, so I really don't care. Would you be okay with it if they took away an away game instead? So you still get your non-home games or however, but they just take one of the away games because it's still, it's technically an away game. If as long as I have, yeah, that'd be even better actually. As long as I have the same amount of home games as everybody else, especially the teams in my division, I won't complain. So, there you go. Um, I mean, do we think there's going to be an NFL version of Dirk in 15 years? Like, I, I mean, the international stuff in basketball has certainly proved its worth. We have a great influx of international talent. And, and in I baseball. Like basketball's different. Baseball, yeah, of course. I feel like baseball's different. Some about you know those are different sports. Again, you play more games. Well, and maybe that's what they're trying to do is to tap into that international market. Well, they de- they are, that has been are. proven successful for all the other sports. But you're right, there is uh, a limit to how many games you have. So you know that's going to make it a little bit more difficult. Nah, just uh, something I won't fix. Johnny says I don't like it. 
because it tempts me to bring my phone into church with me <laughs> it's a game affects my fantasy team what does uh, your pastor so, yeah. say that's not you know what's tempting you johnny the devil what is what does your Kane. pastor tell you to tell people sometimes you have to do, do what, what you, you gotta do, to do. <laughs> yep exactly i said preacher i don't know about this flex spot and i need to fix it by the time you are right smack dab in the good part of your sermon what do i do johnny my son johnny stats if you need if you're in a ppr league and you need to move that running back out and put in a receiver or by god a pass catching tight end then you do that because you got to do what you got to do but you do owe an extra two dollars in the offering plate for a fantasy fantasy roster update tax fantasy fee just make sure you wrap your arms around yourself <laughs> and protect your soul. <laughs> Who will save your soul? <laughs> Y'all know Jewel? Yes. Seen her in concert. Amazing in concert, actually. You know, I was going to say sick brag, but that is a pretty sick brag. I, I used to like Jewel. I uh, went to see her in concert right at the height of her popularity back in the 90s. Hey, sick bud. brag. Hey, Humble brag. Look at this guy over here giving me the break sign. Stephen says, "Wow, pa- uh, Pastor Jesse Jimstone is Stephen A. Smith's pastor. I get that reference. Anybody else? Nah. Is that from that show that y'all? Righteous Jimstone. Yeah, I was gonna say. Great show. Yeah, Great show. I remember you talking about that show. Uh, we'll take a break. When we return, we'll talk some pirate baseball with Austin Knight, ECU pitching coach. We have time. We'll get to our national day updates. By the way, Jewel, great yodeler." She yodels and does it very well. People need to know that. People forget about that. More to go. Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University sportswearenc.com the official sportswear provider of pirate radio and the buccaneer music hall has all the fun for your sunday fun day covered every sunday kick off the day at the buck with the largest 4k screen in greenville along with 18 tvs so you don't miss a game they'll have mimosa specials a bloody mary menu and pizza all day from pizza hut and don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at five o'clock score every sunday at the buck now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, looking forward to Super Wild Card Weekend coming up. We'll have all the games for you here on Pirate Radio. The two games Saturday, looking at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Browns at Texans at 4.30. Dolphins Chiefs at 8 o'clock. And uh, the weather deteriorating there, it looks like, in Kansas City. It could be a cold one for your Dolphins, Shirley Rhodes. And 
I don't know how the that Miami does boys not bode well <laughs> for us. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to like that too much. Um, some cold weather baseball uh, coming up uh, here in Greenville and uh, across the land as the ECU Pirates get ready to get underway in February for games. But uh, the practices, things like that, uh, have gotten underway now. We're going to talk to ECU pitching coach Austin Knight, who joins us here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Coach, appreciate your time. How you doing today, man? Doing awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on. Excited to talk some some baseball and you right about the the cold weather part of it it hadn't been bad yet but you you know how it gets yeah i I think i talked to jc about it uh last week i'll ask you as a a player and now a coach how do you balance the man i'm so excited to get going for another year with the man it's freaking brutal out here but you know what's (laughs) what's that like for you uh you try not to think about it too much um as a player i think it was more of the build-up going into the practice or the game it was like oh it's gonna be really cold and then the game starts you don't think about it anymore uh now from the coaching side of things you're just in the i'm in the dugout the whole time so it's not like i'm running to first base i'm not you know on the field or anything like that so i uh i i have to i have to layer up a little yeah. bit in, in the dugout and so it's it's not as fun from the coaching side of things but as a player you don't think about it too much uh, let's talk about your background a little bit as a player and coming up as a, a pitching coach is it I don't know, unique to see catchers in a pitching coach position. They obviously go hand in hand, but uh, I don't know how, how unique is that in the world of baseball? Um, I think it's, you know, not super unique. Yeah. You know, my, my head coach in college, Mike Bianco, he was a catcher as well. Um, I want to say Skip Burtman, who he was actually his head coach uh, when he played. He was also a catcher. So I, I think it just depends, right? Um, now, with, with with the background, my dad was a left-handed pitcher, and he was also a high school baseball coach for 30s. 30 years and won a bunch of state championships so he was always on the pitching side of things and teaching pitching and and he is uh you know just far as work ethic goes he was always working to kind of be on the front end of the pitching spectrum always learning and and trying to grow from that standpoint so i took a ton from him and then of course coaches that i coached with throughout the the course of my career and um have been fortunate to be around some really really good pitching minds and pitching coaches and uh learned a lot from them and of course you know you develop your own style and the things that you like to do and how you like to train guys and um but as far as you know is catchers pitchers i just think from a catching perspective you just you see so much uh from from your position you have to learn about the entirety of the game not just what you're doing back there you got to learn about how the uh the infielder should be moving and and of course pitcher pitchers and then catchers and then of course you're talking to the pitchers and and learning them and the psychology of them and so um you know it's just i i like to you know think that the catchers are usually the the more well-rounded players on the field which is why we see them in that managerial role a lot uh, here at ecu of course with cliff but uh in major league baseball uh over the years a ton of catchers absolutely yeah and and some really really good ones and of course you know coach goblin being being our head coach he's he's uh he's seen a lot of it and played a different a lot of different roles as an assistant and of course as a a player and so that's i think that that background is is certainly a big piece of why he does such a tremendous job with our our team austin knight joining us pirate radio studios if you have a question for coach you can get it in facebook youtube uh or x and we will pass that along i talked to danny beal last week about how you work with the pitchers and that open line of communication that if uh if they've got something they're they're not afraid to come to you obviously it's your job to to tell them uh what they're doing wrong what they need to improve on but uh how individualized can you be with the pitcher where you're not giving the 
same kind of uh, I don't know tutelage across the board. You're breaking it down to each individual. Yeah, I think is what we strive to do with every guy in our program, um, especially on the pitching side of things, is that you don't want them to ever feel like they're having to you know be the other guy that's standing across from them. You know, they want to have their own individual plans, and we're going to coach them a certain way. Um, now, obviously, it has to fall within the structure of our program and what we're doing. Um, but it's, it, it all starts with relationships with the players, um, which starts in recruiting, of course, and watching them and, and constantly talking with them and getting videos from them and, and just working their way through it and getting them to understand what we value here. And then when they get here, man, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're just learning them when they're freshmen, right? You're learning them, getting them integrated into our into our system and then learning what they do well, what learning what they don't do so well, and then making plans for each guy. And so it, it is very individualized for us. You know, each guy is their bullpens are structured different ways than uh, the guy standing next to them. Their throwing programs are structured different ways than the guy standing next to them. What they're doing in the weight room is is different than you know Trey Savage and White Lance for Shinkman. They have different strengths and different weaknesses, so they're doing different things on a daily basis. Um, and so that's something that we're always reaching for and trying to make sure that our guys are are really diving into their strengths and becoming the, their own best pitcher. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it's all obviously with the relationship piece of it, it's an ongoing conversation all the time and like Danny said that it is an open line of communication you know there's guys in my office all the time and um, with those older guys once you you get them in the system and you get them to understand who they are as a pitcher and how they are going to get hitters out and and what they need to do at that point it's more fine-tuning and, and of course striving to maybe gain more velocity or make the slider move a little bit more or whatever it may be but uh, with the freshmen it's, it, it's more ground zero work them up get them ready um, and then of course over time they become you know what what the, you see some of these older guys want to ask you about uh some of these pitchers and uh i'm not going to start uh with trey savage or zach root i'm going to start with my guy danny beal uh we've gotten to know him and just a, a great personality and gave you credit for uh adjusting the arm angle and um him st- still being able to pitch at a high level um what is he going to bring to the bullpen this year how important is a, a guy like beal in the state oh it's, he's so important because he can serve a, a multitude of roles you know he can he can go long relief he can go short relief he can close out a game heck i would even start him if we really needed it to you know it's it's one of those things that he just can you know i think about Gay, garrett sailor and kind of yeah. what he did in our program the last couple of years i think that he is very similar to danny in that in that way and you know danny is just unique because there's so many different pitches and so it, obviously the arm slots are shifting and he's able to throw a, a ton of strikes with it and it's good stuff to go along with it um and so you got to have a guy like that in your bullpen and the thing that's that's really good about him being able to switch slots and throw sidearm and do some different things is you don't want everybody in your bullpen to look the same yeah you know uh, i thought we run, ran into some trouble with that in the bullpen last year and I, I actually think that's why danny a part of why danny has such a good year is because we had a lot of power arms in the bullpen with a really good slider and they kind of were similar you know and with danny being able to come in and, and switch the pace up i think that that gave uh, some offenses fit so i see him serving a, a very similar role and he's just continued to improve over the last you know six seven months as well jamie on youtube as we'll uh we'll go to trey savage here he says is trey savage the best pitcher austin knight has ever coached uh also what makes him so good and uh, and well known nationally well you know gavin williams is coming back to uh to town tomorrow to throw a bullpen so i, I better not he's all right too yeah i think it's definitely a toss-up you know between those two guys i'll say trey was probably better from just the the pitchability uh type type
type deal from an earlier stage. Um, you know, Gavin really was just the power fastball for a long time um, until really his draft year. Uh, but Trey was able to pick up pitches a lot quicker and, and execute them and throw the ball into the strike zone quicker. Um, but what makes him what obviously he's a tremendous arm, and uh, you know, I, I don't want to take any credit away from him by any means. Um, but the thing that makes makes him special in itself is, of course, is it's really good stuff. But he throws a ton of strikes, and his secondary pitches are elite, and they grade out on a major league level at a really high level. Um, and but he's he's coachable and he's tough, and the makeup is outstanding, and he can handle situations. I think you saw it really his freshman year when we're throwing him out there in bases loaded situation, and he's punching out the side coming off the field, and you saw a, a guy that could really handle himself on the mound in the biggest situations. And then um, when you have that side of things, you have the mentality side, you have the mental side, and uh, of course you have a lot of talent. You, it turns into something special over time. Uh, you mentioned earlier freshmen kind of coming into the ground floor, and hey, we'll uh, we'll kind of take it slow with them. Uh, Zach Root came on pretty quick and uh, was a huge part of what ECU did pitching in 2023. What uh, improvements did you want to see from him uh, from freshman to sophomore year? Uh, I think just the quality of strikes, and then he needed to really work on his breaking pitches. You know, he came in, and of course, you you notice immediately it's a, it's a high level of talent and uh, fastball velocity, and the changeups really good. But he just he always had trouble just spinning a breaking ball or a slider or whatever. Well, he's you know he went out in the summer and he pitched the summer and he's fixed that issue. You know he now has two breaking balls. He's got a good curveball and he's got a good uh, slider cutter to go with it. And so he is uh, and he's honestly he's put on weight. He's gotten stronger and he's throwing. He's he's commanding the baseball in the strike zone. It's not just uh, you know control over command. He, he's commanding his fastball to both sides of the plate. The secondaries are in the zone a lot more. And so. Uh, I I think that that really helped with added strength and then just focusing on those things. But he's uh, he's looked really good early on, so i uh, definitely excited about him. A guy I, I feel like I could see making a big jump, and, and maybe we've already seen it. Uh, he, he's a household name with Pirate fans now, but wide Lunsford Shankman last year, uh, 49 Ks to 13 walks. Uh, ERA was over four. Record was four and two. Uh, how about why do you see him being a big part of Absolutely. the staff this year? Yeah, he's a stud. He's he's a stud. He is. He's also worked very hard, and you know he's he's refined some things. And um, as excited about him as anybody on our staff at this point, man, he's been in a lot of big situations, yeah. big games. He's another guy similar to Danny that I feel like could serve a lot of roles. But uh, one thing is for sure is that he has the right mentality to be out there, and he is throwing the uh, the, the ball into the strike zone at an extremely high level. His stuff has gotten better. The slider's gotten better. The changeup's gotten better. The fastball is sinking and running more than it ever has, and he's throwing it as hard or harder than he ever has. And so, um, you know, I, I really I think this the sky's the limit for that kid. And, and yeah, I think he's going to be a huge part of our success this year we're talking about some great returners uh on this staff but you are losing some guys josh gross carter spivey uh landon ginn tyler brought uh, to name a few garrett sailor of course and all the innings he ate up the last couple years and great games he pitched in uh so who uh let's get to some newcomers coach who you're excited about as far as newcomers yeah go? i think that there's quite a few of them you know our, our freshman class from ethan norby parker thomas jd little Corey costello uh really all those those 
freshmen are really they're coming along and uh i i could see them serving a role now what's that look like we'll see you know um but they're definitely talented enough to help us win a lot of games and then you look at the the guys we brought in out of the transfer portal uh drew Bryan, uh chris kaler uh aaron groller guys like that they're all just older guys who have been in the fight they've been in the mix and uh and uh, and know what we expect to be honest and so yeah we, we've lost a good bit and those were some really talented and good arms I, you know four of those guys are pitching in professional baseball now yeah. um but with the guys that we've you know got coming back i think we have a really good strong group of guys coming back even guys that maybe haven't held it as big of a role as um as some others but you know you talk about Jaden winter and eric ritchie and all yeah. those guys those are guys who have made big jumps from uh the spring last year and so i think the combination of those guys with those young uh freshmen who are improving and and it's just more about getting those freshmen in in the right situations and uh not you know just throwing them into the fire as as quickly as possible this is let's give them some confidence and continue to to bring them along so that at the end of the season they can be uh big difference makers for us yeah one of those guys in the pros you're talking about carter spivey uh who we will talk to friday here on pirate radio live you said you were fired up when uh he told you that yeah news earlier yeah he called we actually had uh bullpens it was on tuesday we were we were inside and we had bullpens going and uh spivey called me right as we were about to start up and i saw it and i was like this has to be important because he wouldn't be calling me you know he knows that we've got bullpens rolling and, and doing different things and he uh i answered the phone and told him hey man we got some bullpens going what's going on and he said uh you know i won't i won't take long but you know the guardians just offered me a a uh, contract and i'm taking it and i just you know i got chills because that that kid has worked extremely hard and he has a really cool story um and he's he's overcome a lot to get to where he is now and even you know after last year the kid goes out and he pitches an independent ball and he pitches extremely well and he continues to work his tail off and and uh i just you know i couldn't be more excited for him and his opportunity i think he's going to thrive i think he's going to do really well in professional baseball uh it is a fantastic story and how you can overcome and how you can't write off a guy because i knew i made a tweet about it uh it was may 23rd 2022 uh in 2019 carter spivey made seven appearances had an era of 19.5 uh, 2022 pitcher of the year so i think you can show that to anybody struggling and say hey guys this ain't the end of the road you got time to, to make this up you know yeah 100 percent. and that's the story of him just finding himself you know and uh he went out in 21 and you know in 21 he just didn't really pitch well for us and went out in summer ball and uh you know figured some things out came back with the the cutter that honestly made in 2022 made him the pitcher of the year for us and uh and he grew in confidence and and his stature out there and everything that he did but um it is a really unique story and it's it's one of those deals is it's, it's good for even coaches to hear because hey sometimes hey we just need to stick it out with kids and you you don't yeah. have to you know uh close the book because you don't never know when is you know what day it might click for a kid to, that really uh helps them take the step forward you mentioned summer ball. I, I, I bring this up every time, but Alec Burleson had a, a good freshman year here at East Carolina, then went and played summer ball and was like the Babe Ruth of the Cal Ripken League right. and just never stopped hitting after mm-hmm. that. Uh, something similar maybe with Dixon Williams and some guys uh, this past summer. But it, it feels like we're talking to guys – 
they're they're really loose and they're playing but at the same time getting better and probably gaining confidence right. and uh you, you kind of touched on that a moment ago is that something that that summer ball can really serve a purpose there getting a player confidence yeah absolutely i, I tell a lot of kids this that the freshman year is such a toss-up um a lot of times just because you know you're away from home for the first time you got all these coaches who are extremely demanding and, and asking you to work harder than you've ever worked in your whole life and then also in the in the classroom yeah. and in everything that you're doing and you know a lot of kids that takes a toll on it my me myself it took a toll on my freshman fall you know when coach goblin was an assistant just riding my tail like a, <laughs> a rented mule you know and so it just takes time to really figure yourself out and and uh you know you go into the spring and and some of these kids they may not get consistent at bats so they may not get consistent right. innings well this is the time that they can go out and they're going to get consistent innings they're going to get consistent at bats and they've left here you know our place and they know what we expect and what they need to get better at and all those things and so they can be very uh very focused on the details of, of those things but it's like you said it, summer ball is different it's, it's it's a very loose environment for uh the majority of places and you're going to be in the lineup every day if you go over for the day before or whatever and so you're, you're constantly working on things and getting better but i think the majority of times when guys go out and play in the summer and they come back they they're they're different players uh and a lot of times it just has to do with confidence and i i think it's set up beforehand right as far as how many innings you want a guy to get and things like that so how much are you in contact with these summer coaches uh, with your guys a ton and yeah. of course with the players as well yeah. uh really weekly with the players after their outings talking to them uh understanding what went well what didn't went well what we're working on getting me video different things like that and then we uh we we talk to the 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 coaches you know I mean, seven, eight, ten to ten months in advance. You know, we actually set these kids up with where they're going to go play in August. Okay. And so we have a lot of prior relationships with the people that we send the players to as well. And so um, constantly in contact with with both sides of it, of course, and and just continuing to build the relationships with the players and get to know them and and you know help them uh, as they as they grow in our program. I'd like to ask guys this uh, as a player what was your favorite time playing baseball and i mean that could go to little league it could go you know to high school legion travel summer college yeah what was your uh your favorite time you in know, your life playing I, ball? i've been lucky i've been lucky to be a part of some some really good teams so uh my dad was my high school coach we won four straight state championships wow. uh, in high school and had won 67 games in a row at one point um, and so i had a, had a group of guys that literally i grew up playing with from the time i was you know eight years old until i was 18 years old that's awesome and so that was a pretty unique time and, and we were very good and won a lot and then uh, got to uh, be a part of the team in 2014 that went to Omaha with Ole Miss for the first time and I can't even remember how many years and that year in itself was was very special to to accomplish that goal with a bunch of older players and you know a coaching staff that had worked extremely hard and been on the, the verge a lot and so um, you know those those years are the ones that when I think about my playing days I, they're irreplaceable you know and uh, when I finished my career I was like you know I'm, I'm good you know I don't need to go chase the free agency I know I want to coach but I you know you're going from a really special place uh, playing at Ole Miss in front of 10,000 people to playing in the back backfields in Florida I'm like nah I'm good on that <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've had um, you know I've had some really cool uh, experiences so I was I was good at that point man so you see like the UCLA basketball winning streaks and these winning streaks in football that's one thing but baseball with all the you know you got different arms on the mound you're, you're not 
hitting the ball one day to win that many games in a row. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard that. I know it's, it's a state, it's a state record in, yeah. in Mississippi. And, um, it, it, you know, that's my, my dad is just, he was a tremendous coach and, and instilled a ton in me as far as work ethic goes. And he, he was, you know, the first guy that's talked to talking about detail orientation and he was on us all the time because he knew we could be good. I, I remember us 10 running, uh, you know, 10 run rolling teams and us running after the game because we didn't execute a bunt in the second <laughs> inning or something like yeah. that, you know? And so, um, you know, a lot of credit has to be given to him for that. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll have another segment with Austin Knight. If you want to get a question in, got a, a question here about MLB scouts at college games, and we'll pass that one along to Coach Knight and talk more Pirate Baseball when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles, tighten and lift your skin, smooth your skin texture, erase veins and brown spots, and get rid of unwanted hair? Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medi Spa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All righty. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. We got Shirley Rhodes. We got the former long snapper, Chandler Honeycutt. We got the current long snapper, Alex Harper, intern Alex. And we got the pitching coach of the Pirates, Austin Knight, joining us here inside the Pirate Radio studios. Got a few questions on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, that we'll get to, and uh, this is more of a comment, I guess. A comment and a question. Johnny, Johnny Stat says, I watched Cam Clonch strike out five batters in two innings in the Valley League in 2021. Did he ever try to pitch here at East Carolina? Yeah, he pitched um, at least in two falls that we had. And, you know, he, he threw a ton of strikes. He's in the mid-80s as a left-hander. Um, but he, he, he just kind of had some arm issues early on. And so at that point, you start prioritizing what how he's going to help us more. And right. that was with the bat, of course. And so he actually pitched a little bit last fall um, just because we didn't have a ton of left-handers just to give, give some looks for, for our guys because we were so left-handed heavy at the plate. Needed him to see some more left-handers. Right. So he pitched a little bit and did fine. But, um, but he has not pitched this year year and I, I don't envision him pitching this year but hey who's to say well coach godwin yourself uh this staff recruits athletes and very versatile guys right you like guys that can do different things so how about on this year's roster any two-way guys for you yeah colby wallace is a freshman um plays corner infield and pitches as well also you know a really good hitter um but strong physical kid and and he is uh he's really got a future on both sides of it i think you know um he's at the plate he's He's got a ton of power and really good on the infield and an accurate arm. And on the mound, he's you know low 90s with a, a breaking ball and a good cutter and a, and a developing changeup and throws a ton of strikes. And so, uh, you know, another guy that you could you probably will see in the mix because he is a competitive. He's a comp- 
competitive kid and and handles himself well yeah and you, you gotta do that if you're gonna go both ways i mean it's hard enough to to hit the ball hard enough to get a guy out to do both how do you make sure you're not kind of giving a guy too much in yeah that just by prioritizing you yeah. know um early on in the fall we didn't do a ton with them pitching wise just because we wanted to see him at third base and see him on the infield and see him play um but this sp- early spring we have been more uh you know focused on the pitching side of things not to say he's not doing everything on the hitting side but he's uh closer to a, a normal pitching plan with him throwing multiple bullpens during the week and and when he's uh doing that he's not throwing as much across the infield with coach palumbo and so he's still getting ground balls and all that it's just <coughs> the the throwing is uh less involved across the infield and uh just more on a, a normal throwing plan that the pitchers would do uh kurt asking what is the plan for midweek arms this season said last season we struggled in the midweek against quality competition uh, what is the plan, Coach? Yeah, I think that that will develop over time. You know, as we get into um, as we get into the spring inner squads and different things like that. You know, I think going into last year, you thought Garrett Saylor was going to be a big reliever, but uh, for the most part, he he ended up turning into a starter and throwing in the middle of the week. Uh, the most important thing is that we have options, which you know we do, uh, and it could be a situation where it depends on what happens on the weekend. You throw one of your uh, your better bullpen arms as a starter in the middle of the week, or you can start. Uh, uh, freshmen or one of the transfers, but I, I, I do think that we have plenty of options that are quality to go out there and pitch in the middle of the week. It's very rare, I mean, hell, even in the big leagues, but certainly on the college level and here at East Carolina, that your starting weekend rotation is the same as it is in you know uh, March, April, May. Yeah. Uh, due to injury, due to performance, due to young guys getting better and all that. So um, you got to be kind of coaching on the fly in in some ways, right? Uh, making sure you have the right guys in the right spot as the season goes along just because it starts that way in february doesn't mean it's always going to be yeah absolutely of course and that's you know obviously you're just reading how guys are doing and are they healthy are they feeling good are they effective or are they continuing to to go in the right direction that you want them to and so it's uh you know ideally i think we'd all like to have four set starters and they all throw seven innings and and, you know and you have a closer that closes every game it's not a video game though right it's not (laughs) and you see it in the big leagues as well you know i just think it's funny uh because as soon as you hit the the, the playoffs, uh, the starters don't throw more than five innings ever, ever. You know, and of course it's a long season and a little bit different than college. And and of course you want you want your starters to pitch deep into the game, especially on the front end of a of a weekend. But the reality is is that you're you're probably not going to have four or five guys that can throw seven innings every single time that they go out there. And so you got to that's why you got to ha- you have to have you know 15 14 13 quality arms that can go each innings and pitch quality innings like you said in the middle of the week because we're going to play good teams in the middle of the week we're going to play good teams on the weekend they're all important and so uh you know i think that is it's all about who's uh who's feeling good who do we use on the end of the weekend who can start the game who do we need in the middle of the game and who do we need to close the game and we will throw the best uh the best available arms that's for sure because we want to win those games seems like cliff's philosophy has not had you know go to one big time shutdown trevor hoffman closer right it's kind of closer by committee is that kind of the the way you plan on doing it this year yeah i think that you have to like everyone you need to understand that the game can be won and lost in the fifth inning 
You know, right. it can be one and lost in the sixth inning. Yeah. Of course, it can be one and lost in the ninth inning as well. So course. you'll send your best guy out there right, in a key right. spot. Yeah, you don't ever want to lose a game leaving your best bullet in the chamber, yeah. right? You want to empty that out and, and make sure that we're in the game towards the end and that our offense has a chance to win the game or that we can we can finish that thing out. And that's where you've seen in the past where, you know, our best bullpen guy, he may go in in the sixth and he may finish the game. You know, he may finish the game or, or bridge us to the ninth and you go to the next best guy, depending on the matchups. And, and of course, that just depends on the game and who started the game and who's pitching and what kind of matchup we have and what kind of look we want to give uh, the opposing offense and what they're you know what they're trying to do to, to us I mean there's a there's a ton that goes into that uh, question from Jamie on YouTube interesting do, do the coaches know when MLB Scouts are at the games if so do you get a heads up do you relay that to the players do you have a conversation at all like what, what's that no i mean we we know in the fall that they're coming because coach palumbo will send out an email just to communicate with them to make sure that our guys are being seen um but outside of that you know they may ask about certain guys uh when they may be pitching right when, when are they gonna pitch friday they can pitch saturday um but i don't think we necessarily know that they're at the game unless we talk to them during bp i mean they're there from the time we we hit bp until of course, you know, the end of the game. Um, and as far as addressing it with our players, it's, it's not really talked about. No. I mean, that's just part of being a, a part of a good program is that you're going to be seen, you're going to you're gonna have scouts in the stands, and they're going to be watching you. And so you don't want to make that a big deal because, you know, we're play, we're a team. We're playing for each other, not for the people, in the, you know, the, the scouts in the stands. High school coaches, uh, showcase coaches, obviously are, are in the year of college coaches saying, hey, you got to see this guy. You got you to check out this guy. Does that go up a level? Like, do you know people from organizations saying, hey, this Spivey guy, you got to give him a shot? Or uh, are you out there talking yeah, about of, your guys? Of course, now to a lower lower level, right. of course. But the scouts are always asking about guys. And, of course, we're pushing guys that we, like Spivey that we feel like, um, you know, should, should be given an opportunity. Now, does that mean they're always going to listen to us? No, <laughs> of course not, right? Um, and even, you know, with the Guardians this time, I, I had talked to the Guardians guy a, a, a while back mm-hmm. about Spivey, you know, and so I actually didn't see this coming down the pipeline. And I think that Spivey had a pro day, and they, he sent them some video, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you a shot. Let's roll," you know. And so, yeah, you're, you, you of course have people in the industry that you trust, and of course that trust you. And so you're uh, you're communicating with them and trying to get it, give our guys the best shot to to move forward and advance their careers. Uh, I asked uh, Jeff Palumbo this the other day, just about all the success East Carolina has year in year out. You know, you, you got to flip it, and and it's a whole new year and and how do you stay hungry and gave a pretty good obvious answer uh that that main carrot's still out there getting to omaha so how about yourself uh with all the success that uh this team has had the pitching uh that has had over the years how do you stay hungry how do you uh just keep motivated for the next year well i think it starts with exactly what coach palumbo said you know we set out with a goal every single year uh to win a national championship and and unfortunately if you don't do that there's only one team that gets to do that um but that goal is still out there moving forward and it will be even if you win a national championship so right. it's, it's something that you're chasing and it's it's uh it's, you know as far as that goes it's probably unattainable to really be uh satisfied with um but as far as you know from the day-to-day and all that stuff i just think that it's just a hunger within our coaching staff within our team just to be the very best that you can possibly be on any given day right it's just the 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 constant chase of excellence and and pursuing just being the best version of yourself and so um you know of course we all want to win 
national championship, but ultimately I think we all want to be just the best versions of ourselves and want to be as as good as we can possibly be, and we want our players to be as good as we can possibly be. And so, you know, that's what gets us out of bed is that, you know, we have a bunch of 18 to 22, 23-year-olds that are in a very crucial time in their life, and we want them to be the best human beings, the best baseball players, the best students, the best husbands, the best fathers. And that, to me, is where, you know, that's where uh, satisfaction comes from more than anything. Yeah, I tell Coach Godwin this, and, and I've interacted with uh, some pitchers, uh, Wyatt and Danny, and I hadn't even brought up Jake Hunter, the dancing man. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all just great guys, and I think that says a lot about the the players you are bringing into this program. Yeah, and Coach Palumbo, of course, being the recruiting coordinator, does a, an outstanding job on the front end of that, of of making sure that the kids are are hard workers and diligent and good students, and and uh, exactly you know a good fit. And then, but that's important, you know that's that's extremely important to all of us because you don't want to be around a bunch of kids that you don't like that are talented that maybe don't mesh into your culture and all that stuff i mean you know for me i want to show up to the field and love the kids that i'm going to be around and and enjoy being around them and and be able to cut up with them while we're cut while we're working hard and and uh and getting them better and so um you know that of course is on the front end of things and then with you know coach goblin and the way that he runs his program these kids are just going to become better men and better leaders in society and so they do but they become very enjoyable kids to be around and man just talking about that uh, i went back thinking about elaine hoover a Garrett Saylor, like it is you want Lane to hit the ball, but even if he strikes out 20 <laughs> times in a row or Sailor gives up eight home runs in a row, they're still going to help your team some way just because mm-hmm. of the guys they are. Now, luckily, they were also good ball players, but yeah. uh, just uh, just great guys. And we like we see those guys leave the program. You're like, man, who's going to fill those shoes? Well, it's it's about the culture. Every year, somebody is filling those shoes. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. And I think that's, you know, any organization, it, it has to have that a little bit is that – the, when these these pivotal leaders they leave the team or leave the organization and they're through attrition or graduation or whatever it may be, um, you have people that they had an impact on yeah. that want to have that impact on younger players or the the new coming players. And then, you know, over time, whenever you, you have that type of leadership within your program, it just continues to go. Now, you still have to work on it every single day. You know, you still have to work on it and make sure that we're, we're holding true to our standards and holding each other accountable. But um, whenever these kids are self-driven to be leaders and to help the, the the people standing next to them that are wearing the same jersey than them, you've got something that's that's really special. Uh, Jamie on YouTube brought up uh, said Austin and the coaches did a good job going into the postseason last year getting Ginn to speed up his routine. There was a lot of talk about that. Uh, so that was a new rule last year. I guess this year do you have a physical clock? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. In, yeah. in the stadium. And so we'll have one on the scoreboard and, and I believe behind home plate. Uh, did any big problem with that last year for you? Being just, a year just one? in the conference tournament. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, we, we really we pride ourselves on having good tempo and, yeah. and being fast paced and you know, you think about uh, you know college football and the in the in the no huddle offense and things like that. It's what you want to think about whenever you're you're pitching with, within reason. You want to be in control of yourself, but we want to have that sort of pace that makes the, the hitter uncomfortable and keeps our defenders engaged. Um, but yeah, Landon sure was taking his sweet time uh, <laughs> in the conference tournament. Had to strike out a couple guys uh, multiple times to, to get the last out, and so um, you know that's that's just typical Landon for you. Honestly, <laughs> you know it's just one day he's doing it slow one day 
day he's doing it fast. One day he's uh, who knows? He's standing on his head. He's just he's a uh, he's a special character. Um, and you know, I, I I mean, I love that kid. I was so thrilled that he was a part of our program uh, last year, and, and it worked out where he could come back and we could help each other out. And um, you know, I, I talked to him yesterday. He's a guy that's constantly reaching out, and so. Uh, but that 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 was a that was a frustrating ten oh, minutes yeah. for sure in that conference tournament. I, I think Coach Goblin's yelling out, "Throw the ball, <laughs> throw the ball in it." So that uh, was a new rule going into last year. I've seen some changes. I don't think it affects uh, anything you got going on as far as walk up music for a regional. Uh, as far as I think the new parameters on RPI and how that's determined. Yeah. Anything on the field? Any rule no, changes? No, nothing yet. I mean, just some things that they're going to, uh, you know keep an eye on things of course 20 second clock uh pitcher delivery positions different things like that but nothing nothing new um other than like you said the walkout what would your walkout song be um I, you know i'm usually asking that uh but i think my answer would be maybe the nwo theme some that's wrestling theme yeah. like a, that's a good one. I think a wrestling theme gets a good crowd pop yeah so i think maybe nwo how about yourself what did, did you have one yeah, uh, in college? I had a bunch of them. I mean, I can barely remember them now. I, I did. I did no diggity one year. <laughs> um, a little black street. Yeah, I did the way you move as well. Outcast. Outcast. Yeah, you know, I like music, so I huh? feel like I got a decent taste in music. Um, but now I have no idea. It'd probably be some old school rap though. Well, I was gonna say like I I know those songs. I don't think I know any music made after that. No. Like, at a certain point in time, I just kind of gave you up. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Alex. Me too. If they had walked out music so ecu is going to punt they have walkout music for the long snapper what would you choose let me go uh john cena's theme song all right yeah you play any baseball in your day i played baseball all up until high school okay what position and uh i played uh first base and pitched all right Big guy, put him over at first. Yeah, pretty it's perfect. Yeah, wasn't very fast. How about you? Uh, what other sports did you play? Awesome. I played basketball. Uh, my, my uncle's a college basketball coach uh, in Miss, Mississippi. NAI uh, okay, winning his college basketball coach in the history of Mississippi. Um, you were destined to be a coach. It sounds like. Yeah, my my, my <laughs> grandfather was a college football coach as well. There you so go. It was just in the blood. And That's I, awesome. I, literally, I remember talking to my grandmother about what I wanted to do for a living, and it was just going through all these things, and she just looked at it, she stopped me, and said, "You're gonna coach." <laughs> I said yes, ma'am. Um, there you go. But I played basketball, and then I, I played a little bit of football. Um, you know, when I was younger, and when I first got into high school. But I just realized very quickly that I wasn't that athletic, and I wasn't that good at any of these sports. And I probably need to focus on uh, doing something that's going to help me pay for college one day. Although so. I've heard Cliff talk about that, he likes guys that play other sports. Like maybe not. <laughs> As you know, super into it as, as baseball, but but guys that are versatile, yeah, like that. and it, it, it does. We all do, yeah. right? And so maybe that's why I'm here, right? I'm multi yeah. <laughs> sport athlete at some point in my life. So I get you to coach at East Carolina, Austin. Uh, <laughs> thank you for hanging out, man. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you again on Media Day uh, coming up in a couple Mondays from now, and looking forward to the season. But I uh, appreciate you joining us today, man. Yeah, absolutely appreciate you having me. I had fun. Uh, yes, sir. Austin Knight, ECU pitching coach, joining us. We will take a timeout. Come back and have more for you on Pirate Radio Live right after this.
are listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room is your favorite place in downtown Greenville for lunch, dinner, or drinks with friends. Fifth Street serves lunch and dinner Tuesday through Sunday, plus brunch starting at 10 30 on Saturdays and Sundays. Follow Fifth Street on Instagram for the latest events and specials. Fifth Street Hardware Restaurant and Tap Room, right beside the State Theater in downtown Greenville. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Who? Do we have another break? We do. We have one more break to take. All right. A little short seg here. Uh, Matt Zenitz with 24-7 says that Jake Garcia is expected to transfer to ecu the former miami and missouri quarterback was a class of 2021 top 50 overall recruit this will be our second top 100 garcia in the past few years wow coming to ecu um alex can you jump in a team group chat and see if you have a new teammate and let us know i can all right appreciate that how you nobody will probably respond or comment (laughs) fair enough (laughs) uh we got a source back-to-back years with a quarterback battle and will a quarterback be named i was talking to um a gentleman last night before sports trivia about you know bringing in two transfer quarterbacks and he talked about the uh the competition that you know maybe mike houston and john david baker want to compete and in that case, the more the merrier, I say. I mean, Caden Hauser or Absolutely. Jake Garcia is good enough to win this job. May the best man win, and let's get this freaking offense going. Let's go. I'm fired up, baby. Jake Garcia. From one Garcia to another. It is interesting, though. It felt like Caden Hauser was... The guy. Maybe being handed the reins. Yeah. But I don't know. Now, I do have one question. Mm-hmm. Is this Garcia Italian? Hey, <laughs> Mason. Uh, Jake Garcia. Alex, that is a reference to a fifth quarter call. Holt Naylor's final game. It was after the bowl game, I guess. We had a caller. I, I wish I knew how it was labeled so we could hear it. Uh, he said, push away the barbecue. Time to push uh, push away that barbecue plate. And bring on the pasta. Yeah, the pasta. Because it's Garcia time. And we all kind of looking around like, huh? Dang, that dude couldn't even let us celebrate the ball game. Nope. He was already moving on to next season. Yes. And yeah. And for some reason thought the Garcia name was Italian as well. So it was, uh, hey, call of the night. Great <laughs> call was. on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show. Have we ever had a caller uh, completely just verbally undress Alex Harper for a bad snap? I don't think so. I don't either. I think. Uh, they haven't had to. I, have you had a bad snap? No. Uh, no. Like in a game? Maybe in practice? Let's reword it. You, I've you, had have, subpar ones for sure. I was going to say, have you had an awful snap? Well, I think... Rolling in, on the ground way no, over the head. No, no. Okay, no. exactly. Yeah, we're knocking. But you've had one that aren't... Where you wanted the hip, Chandler? What do you tell me you wanted? Right hip, right? Right hip. Yep. You've had one on the left hip, maybe the uh, <laughs> left boob or something. I've had a couple... About knee level, maybe. Avoid yeah. the face mask. Oh, uh, we added a new specialist. Yes, we did. With a famous last name. Uh, Brad Maynard's kid. From App State. What's his name? 
Brad Maynard's kid. It's not Brad Maynard. Okay, here we go. Connor Maynard. I remember his dad uh, punting in the NFL. Longtime NFL punter. Connor Maynard. So there you go. You got a new buddy, Alex. Yeah. He's on campus already. I'm uh, a little surprised at how late that that was announced because he's already here. I've met him already. Well, look, if you need to take a a day off to get on the field and snap him the ball, we'll understand. (laughs) We don't want to keep you away from... No, man, I got the mornings off. Okay. So we'll work out in the mornings. Grad school all online, baby. So, you know, we're just going to work out, get in the field work in, and then I'll be here for the show. Trivia champion, producer, long snapper. Does it all. You got a hell of a resume. Trying to wear a lot of hats. What can't he do? Let's ask him, what can't you do? Can you dunk? No, I can't. All right, there you go. There we go. We figured it out. Uh, Let's take our final break. We'll come back and wrap it up here on a Thursday. Pirate Radio Live will let you know what's coming up on Friday. Got a couple of guests we'll let you know about when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, The Dow was up 15 points today, finished out at 37,711. The NASDAQ remained basically unchanged at 14,970. S&P dropped three points, however, at 4,780. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors stock market report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. We'll have our Friday regulars coming up tomorrow. Tony Dunn to pick the wild card weekend. Brian North, Greeny, Morgan Aylers. Also, we'll add in former ECU defensive coordinator Greg Hudson and former ECU pitcher, now with the Guardians organization, Carter Spivey. Nice. We're going to be guest heavy on a Friday, and we'll have a lot of fun heading in to the weekend. Uh, Shirley Rhodes, great work as always. Alex, great week. Running it by yourself, doing the thing. Sean? Yes, sir. Hey. Took over the hosting duties today. Good work. Holt Naylor Show coming up. Holt Naylor Show coming up right now on Pirate Radio. We'll see you Friday. Jeff Charles, take us home. Pinky's up. Have a great night, Eastern Carolina. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.